This show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Facehammer, episode 53. It's me, Russ the Facefield, and I am joined by Les Balls Deepkin Martin and Terry <laughs> Gloomtide Pike. And it's the Iden F Deepkin Review Show. That everyone asked us for at the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, when's the show coming out? When's the show coming out? When we record it. Yeah, exactly. And we're recording it tonight. Um, so we're going to go through the battle tome. Those that have listened to a battle tome review from us before, we're just going to talk about loads of rules and stuff and combos and we might impromptu do a list. And I promise I'm not going to impulse buy a £300 army at the end of the show. Definitely. Be strong. Will. Be strong. Definitely. It's got to be strong. I literally can tell you exactly what army you're going to buy as well. It's oh, literally just it. going to be, it's going to be like the Joe Prisal spam build that is already in my head in the book. I don't, I don't really want to just spunk out a load of eels all over the table. Although that does That's not sound exactly appealing. what you want to do. It's just be yeah. like as many fucking eels and tide casters, not tide casters, soul scribes as you can. You need the octopus, dude. No, no, octopus can stay in the box. That is a, oh, a Ian co- Cook trademark. Doctor Puss. I like that. Yeah, I'm not going to claim that for myself. That's a Liam. You Cook should trademark. have. You should have claimed it. He <laughs> hasn't got, TM now. He hasn't <laughs> got a no Terry TM. Wow, it, that wow. is not thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that when we do the heat show, right? Surely, whoever finished highest with it can use can claim it, right? Yeah, Mike's got to claim it, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We we talk about the heat another show. So um, obviously. We've been to Adepticon. Um, we will cover that on another show, along with Heat One and Heat Two. Um, so we're not going to talk about that now. Um, only just wanted to say uh, that we're aware it was... we haven't done. Well, no, I, I just also I just wanted to say that just massive thank you to everyone um, in America, Chicago, uh, at Adepticon that made us feel super welcome. They interacted with us, come and spoke to us, played against us, and just yeah. generally made the whole experience pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, made um, some really cool friends. You know, people yeah. that they like they embrace us with open arms and stuff. And yeah, it's just you know the fair myself. You know, like even coming back here to the UK and just sort of like thinking it is really shit that we don't get to hang out with Domus every day. Yeah. And like, and and Andrew and like now Rick from the the Rolling Bad. So you start you started naming people. Now we've got to name everyone. Oh, there's too many people. To name. There's too many people to name. Um, just just basically just wanted to say a special thank you to Domus for being amazing. Um, oh, Alex, Brad, Andrea, everyone. Yeah. I mean, there's too many people. We'll go for the Adepticon show. Yeah, uh, don't get salty if we didn't say your name. Um, if you get, if you do want to get salty because we didn't say your name, uh, if you direct it to Russ the Face Veal Thanks. at Face Hammer, uh, then he'll respond in. I'll ignore you because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. No, um, don't don't tweet him because that won't get answered. Send him an email. Yeah, to Les underscore Martin at 
I don't give a fuck dot com. No, um, so, no kidding. Right. Um, so let's get back on track. So um, if you haven't seen, uh, everyone listened to this has because it's what you've been waiting for. The Idenf Deepkin have dropped. What are they? With a sploosh. Um, I'm eating Yaris. What are they? Talk to uh, sea elves. <laughs> <laughs> people rolling over now going oh some, no some poor dude who wrote all the story for this just sat there like you dicks Go me I, the talk. if like, if i want me to be honest i've not read the the fluff i don't call it fluff sorry the uh, rich back, background rich backstory yeah <laughs> um, I, I there is like and i'm not i'm not taking the piss really because the the theme and the background for these guys is amazing. So I'll just read this bit. I think they uh, they read it out on the little YouTube thing, which is how amazing was that with Andy and um, Gary seeing the model's reaction and doing that little video. That was cool, wasn't it? It was super excitable because like, they, if they did this with us, we'd be all like dicks, whereas those two are like, super excitable and funny. <laughs> Don't they, say so. that because they won't ever invite us. Yeah, they will. Uh, not after that. I'm the face of the community now. Do you see me on the Twitch stream? It was amazing. Yeah, because oh I've done that before. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm joking. I don't I honestly think that. How was it seeing your Stormcast win on stream, Les? Uh, I did that uh, at Heat 2, Terry. Did you? Oh, yeah. Pipe oh, down. Did, Last year. Did, didn't realise you'd won on stream yet. Pipe down, pipe. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, so let's get back to the deep kin. Yeah, Jesus. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right, so um, just to give you a flavour. They were born out of agony and unimaginable suffering, delivered from an eternity of torment and temptation. This horrific beginning has twisted and shaped every aspect of how the ALs known as the Idenf Deepkin have developed. There's a long history of shadow and pain. Yeah, there you go. So they're pretty... Pretty, they're order, pretty. but they're not good. They're not good. Um, as one say, good, but they're not right. Um, and this bit is probably pretty better. From out of the blackness they come, emerging from the depths of the realm seas upon a surging tide of magic, these merciless raiders do not seek merely to slaughter or enslave. However, for they are the Idenf Deepkin, they have come to take their victims' very souls. It's nice, aren't they? You know, I like I like this dark side to order. It's good. Yeah, I know. Right? It's like that's. Can you when Johnson um, read us the this super cool like blurb when he was describing the army to us? Like you know, he, he gave us like a paragraph, yeah. story and stuff. I'm pretty but sure like, it was that paragraph. Was it that actually? I, can't I think he actually time. read that out to us. Yeah, it was a long time ago, wasn't it? So it was. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go through the book. So um, they, I think, probably best just to do what we normally do and just go straight through the allegiance abilities. Unless you want to comment about the models or say anything before we start. Um, do you comment about the models? What do you think, Terry? Well, when I got the book, I opened it up, and normally I go straight to the War Scrolls and the points, and that's all I care about normally, straight away, first thing. This time I went straight to the pictures. I had not even really looked at the War Scrolls. I just wanted to see all the nice, pretty stuff. I spent a good 15, 20 minutes stood in front of the heavy metal cabinet at Warhammer World yesterday, just looking at the turtle with the blended scale like the shell parts on it i was just like this is incredible it wasn't like awkward the... until you got the erection and you're asked to leave yeah they they escorted me out i was like <laughs> oh never mind but yeah those those are some just like i use the word stupid in a good way 
they are you just they're just oh like you you can't like even put like what they are into words they're amazing absolutely amazing isn't that a word amazing yeah but just it's not the word i want to use they're just so good <laughs> the, the if you haven't seen the actual the eel models in the flesh yet they're amazing they are ridiculous it's uh i think the picture makes them look a little bit more static than they are um the they're, they're just such cool models um they're, they're a joy to put together as well like luckily we've got some for review and stuff and the the, the eels themselves the whole body apart from the head it's just one piece that was amazing when i saw that i was just like are you kidding me like, yeah. it's not two halves. I'm not going to have to worry about a mold lying down the middle of the model. It's just yeah. one piece of plastic. It's all it's, amazing. Yeah, I mean, like, what would you say is your favourite uh, kit then, Terry, if you had to pick one, like, looking at it? Um, like, Visually, you know, it's either yeah. the... the is it Eidolon, the guy in the wave? Which one? Either. They're, they're just, both amazing, right? They're both. The, yeah. yeah. The turtle is is something else. Like, Eidolon, yeah. Like you can't even see how good it is until you've actually seen the model. Like in the pictures, it it just doesn't look. It, you can't see how like big it is. So, so um, I, when I played with it on the stream, I, I was because uh, I was never that keen on the the the, the actual the uh, the Levida itself until I got to play with it on the stream, and then I was like, oh wow, this is ridiculous. Yeah, um, such a cool model. What's your favorite then, Les? Um, the uh. Either the Eidolon of Mathland, the uh, aspect of the storm. Yeah, I um, love that one as well. I love his helmet um, and yeah. the, the shield. Um, also, not the Soul Squire. Um, I think it's the, there's there's one of the, the I can't remember the, the name for it. It's the Soul Squire and the Soul. Is, um, is it the female, the one that's stepping forward up onto like the rock? That's a Tidecaster. Tide, um, that is incredible. That model. There's one of the Soul Squire. It's the Soul Squire or the Soul Caster. I can't remember what. The, the Soul actual. Render, right? The guy with soul the mask Ren- with the the, the, the halberd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That is so. That's such an awesome model with like the full-faced sort of like evil helm. It kind of reminds me a little bit. Of, can, you, can you remember like did you guys either you guys watch Power Rangers when you were growing up when you were little not really no yeah. but like one of the bad is not like Rita you know like the the Lord Zed or whatever it is he has that awesome sort of like chrome faceplate like it reminds me a little bit of that I, I just like models that have like faceless helmets I just think they're cool yeah um, I yeah think... I think a couple of the crew have like just a faceless very Harlequin style just there's like, like a drummer guy on the back of the turtle, isn't there? Yeah. And he's literally yeah. got like a solid polished mask. It looks a little bit like a wizard helmet out of Diablo 3. Do you know yeah, like when yeah. you get one of those, like, is it the void arm or whatever it is? And it's just like a polished like, yeah, I know mask. What you mean. It looks awesome. Um, I think for me, and it's probably like one of the kits that maybe gets a little bit overlooked, it's a little uh, Archelian King. I really like him. Like on his Which... little seahorse mount. I think it's awesome. I, yeah. Do you yeah. like him or do you like uh, Zoltan or whatever Zoltan, his name is? Uh, I think his name is um, Voltornus. Voltornus. Yeah. He's... Oh, Zoltan. That's something completely different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Zoltan. Um, yeah. Volturnus. He's. I think him probably because I like the eye patch. I love his rules. <laughs> I yeah, love too. That so too. <laughs> um, I love him so <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> Right, um, so Model, sorry, yes. models, done, sold. You can look at themselves, make your own mind up. Yeah. 
Um, so I think this means we're going to get straight into the Legion's abilities. So um, you've got a couple here which are really, really good. So first one is Forgotten Nightmares. Um, and what this means is that um, missile weapons can only target an IDNF Deepken unit um, if it's the cl- with this battle trait, if it's the closest visible enemy unit. Yeah. So you can't shoot, you can't pick and choose your targets with shooting, really. Um, obviously, if you can move and shoot, it's a bit different. But yeah, a super it's... solid rule that. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, there's loads of tactical um, nuances that you can do with it. Like, I mean, I went into it in a little bit of detail when I, we did the review show on the, the, the stream for, for Warmer TV. But, I mean, you've got sort of like a super survivable monster in the Leviathan, you know. So why not put that as far forward as you can, Mystic Shield it, give it a two-up save and go, uh, shoot me. Yeah, yeah, it works. Because then, you know, um, I think this rule with a smart play by, you know, proficient players really combats the shooting meta that we're seeing at the moment. You know, um, you know, throwing away 100 point characters uh, to, you know, make sure that the, you know, your your cannon ruck or your, your gun line, uh, your card on overlord thunderers, you know, claim cards not going to be able to come down and shoot your heroes off, are they? They're going to come down and shoot the first thing they can see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, pretty um, pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So um, the other bit that they got is the tides of death, um, yeah. and so there's a chart, isn't there? Yeah. And as the battle round goes on, it's like a wave basically coming in uh, over the battlefield, um, and there's basically four steps to it, isn't there? And then there's it repeats. So yeah. the first one is low tide. So it means you get cover for your your army, which you know quite useful, especially as you mentioned, like the uh, Zilfin drop or the Alpha Strike shooting armies. You know, having the plus one armor save is pretty good. Um, yeah, handy. Flood tide is the next one, so um, you can run and shoot or charge. Um, so that's that's fairly decent as well because obviously. <laughs> That's probably when you're going to be going into combat because and you want the distance, um, you know, sort of spend, especially if you're, uh, you know, it's if you play a little bit cagey in the first turn and then, then the second turn plan to launch your attack. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, which I think is the best one, is high tide. Um, so in this battle round, units with tides of death uh, fight before every other unit in the combat phase. So basically, if your whole army will fight first in that turn, um, and what's what's important to realise is that it's the battle round, so that's your turn and their turn. Yeah. So battle round three is like, don't really want to fight them in combat, but you can't really shoot them because you have to shoot the closest thing. So it's uh, yeah, quite tough, I think. Um, yeah. It's, uh... It, it, that is like you know you essentially I can imagine that a lot of uh, deepkin players will be playing specifically for that turn. Um, there is a way to get yourself that turn a little bit earlier, um, which we can cover when we get into the rules. But um, but yeah, it's um, it is a, a massive you know it is the thing in the army that I think makes the army um, super reliable because you you if you play smart and tee up and set it up ready for that turn then you can essentially 
combo charge and take off a lot of your opponent's uh, armies before they, well, a lot of your opponent's army before they get a chance to fight back. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty strong. Um, and then you've got um, Ebb Tide, so um, basically allows you to retreat and shoot or charge. So again, it's quite useful, especially for objective play. If you need to retreat off of one charge unit on another to kill it to score an objective um, towards turn four, particularly in scenarios like um, Star Strike, when later in the the game those objectives are worth more points. Yeah. So I think that's pretty solid. Yeah, totally. Then, um, then you go into five or more, which basically means you just repeat the steps. So, yeah, um, pretty good leech ability, I think. Really, really solid. I think probably one of the strongest that I've seen in a battle tome. Um, yeah, no, I think it's. Um, I think it is, like you said, it's, it's completely solid. I think it. Um, really suits the army as well. You know, sometimes um, you know you may not think that the leader's ability fits with the army thematically or or along those lines. But I think that this really complements the, the the army, which is sort of like you know hit hard, hit fast, and then um, you know not like being hit back essentially. Yeah, well, I think I think most allegiance abilities feel in theme. But yeah. this is probably just like super different and super themed. So, and obviously yeah. it's a whole new thing, the whole new race. So, all the um, it's kind of more exciting just for that. You know, yeah. it's not just yeah. I'll get to reroll ones or something, which is like yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, super cool. Um, so command traits. Then we'll go through. So um, oh. basically, you've got the following. So you've got Mercus Raider. So you can re-roll, uh, run rolls and charge rolls for the general. Um, Hunter of Souls, re-roll wound rolls of one for the general. Uh, Unstoppable Fury, add two to the attacks characteristic of any weapons used by the general in any battle round where you have the high tide ability. So that that's pretty good. Um, yeah. It's only that one turn, isn't it? Yeah. Um, increase the general's wounds by two. Pretty solid. Yeah. Um, Nightmare Legacy, subtract one from bravery of enemy units whether in 12. And Lord of the Storm and Sea add two to bravery of friendly Deepkin units when they're wholly within 12. So, all pretty cool. Um, what's worth noting is that the Eidolons are not named, so they can have command traits and artifacts. Yeah. Which makes them super, super solid. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the aspect of the storm with the add two attacks on the high tide is. Whew. Yeah, pretty. I mean, even training. just two wounds, like giving them an extra two wounds. I mean, they're pretty tanky anyway, but and they heal. It gives you a bigger buffer, so you can't get one shot. Yeah, well, I think that's a solid pick. Um, am, I, am I right in thinking they're not monsters as well? Not. So that you can you can put them in terrain for cover as well. Or we'll just have a turtle near them. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> which we'll get on to yeah. but I'm pretty sure they're not but we'll, I mean we'll get on to their war scrolls in a minute um, but they're just heroes I believe so they're big heroes but they're not they're not yeah, they're, behemoths it's kind of like a prime they're not monsters they're like the prime yeah, yeah that's experience. pretty baller it means they can heal in duality as well oh, oh, oh. I always forget about the healing duality everyone does yeah, yeah. it's amazing yeah, so um, 
it I mean all the good options are there. Um Nightmare Legacy there's some nice combos with that as well. Um where you can get I think you can get up to minus five bravery in this army. Yeah. Um, but I mean even just re rolling charge rolls. I mean if you play in the combat idolon you don't really want to fail any charges, do you? No. So all good. Um, let me get into artifacts. So there's, it's worth probably just clarifying this. There's basically um, different types of Idenefs. You've got the um, Achilleans, which are basically like the martial guys. So they're the ones on like the eels. Um, so those and dudes the, and the sharks and the, the yeah. So yeah. they're like the the kind of the more martial elves. You've got just generic IDNF artifacts anyone can have. And then the Ishran are like the, the wizards. So they're like the the, the casty ones. Uh, and then you've got another set of arcane which is for the uh is again is you know, it's just for the any wizard can take them. Um so they've got four sets of artifacts basically. So we'll go through um Achillean artifacts. Um so you've got uh, Sanguine Pearl. So each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound to the bearer, on a five up, the wound's negated. So super good. Um, potion of Hateful Frenzy. Once per button in your hero phase, drink the potion. If you do, add one to hit and wound rolls until the next hero phase. However, at the start of the next hero phase, take a mortal wound. The Ancushian Spur. So add three to the bearer's move. In addition, reroll hit rolls of one made by the bearer's mount. I really like those. Yeah. I think they're, that's a super solid one. I mean, being quicker is just useful in general. Mm. Um, I mean, you're basically putting that on the Archelian King, aren't you? That's all your... I think that's the only guy you're going to put that on. I think I he's the only, um, the only one that he's... Uh, the only character that's mounted, isn't he? I think he is, yeah. So Other you've got... Character. So the... Yeah, so the... Do, do, do yeah, Archelian King is the only thing. He's on a deep a deep mare, which sounds quite funny. Um but I mean they're not bad in combat, so and he's movement fourteen, so with that it's movement seventeen. Yeah. It's pretty quick. Very quick. The army is very quick in general, I think. Especially if you're um, running and charging in battle round two. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Running cheating with the Reavers as well because they like move eight. So, wow, okay, cool. Um, so then you've got the armor of Saif Sif A, Sifar. I don't know how to say that. Um, subtract one from hit rolls for melee weapons that target the bearer. So, minus one to hit in melee. Sweet. Uh, Bioshock shell once per battle, start the combat phase. You can use the Bioshock shell. Uh, each enemy unit with three of the bearer takes d3 mortal wounds. So I quite like these ones. I mean, they get overlooked quite a lot, but you could be in range of multiple units, and sometimes you just need to do the odd wound to be free to charge something else. So it's I think they can be quite useful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of the Nurgle battle tomes and stuff have very similar abilities, and they can be they can be really really useful. Um, then he's got the Abyssal Blade. Pick a weapon, uh, improve the rend by one. In addition, add one to damage if you target something with Sonesh keyword. So it's okay. It's a little bit situational, but still get yeah. an extra rend, so not too bad. So those Archeans could only basically be taken by the king because no, you can't give 
the Eidolons don't have the Arculean keyword and all the wizards at Ishran, aren't they? So Yeah. And then um we've got the rune of surging tide for the Idenf artifacts. So this is basically anyone can take these. Um, once the battle starts your hero phase, you can say the bear will use the rune of surging tide. If you do so, um, say whether the rune will be used to create a stream or a riptide. If a stream is created, add one to move of all Idenf units. If riptide, subtract one for the move of all enemy units. So it's okay. I think that's Pretty quite good nice. Makes ch- yeah. Maybe if you want to do that turn where you're really trying to get into combat, that extra one inch could make all the difference. Um, then you've got the Black Pearl. Roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound to the bear on a six up, it's negated. Um, Leandra's Last Lament. Once per battle at the start of the battle shock phase, you can release Leandra's Last Lament. If you do so, friendly Idenf units within 18 do not have to take battle shock. So that's pretty good. That is quite good, yeah. Um, so what's quite nice is you don't have to use it until you need it. Because it's like you wait to start the phase and you go, right, I'm going to pop it now because I, I don't want to take that battle shot. Yeah. So it's, I think that's quite a nice item. Um, very usable. Sorry? It's a very usable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then uh, Terranite Venom. Pick a weapon carried by the bearer. Um, reroll wind rolls of one. Uh, addition subtract one from bravery of any units that suffer uh, wounds for this weapon for the rest of the battle. So it's okay. Um, if you're going for some sort of anti-bravery thing, it's quite useful, but I don't see that'll get much play, I don't think. Um, Cloak of Mid- uh, sorry, Cloud of Midnight. Once per <laughs> yeah. battle at the start of any phase, the bearer can release the Cloud of Midnight. If they do so, they can't be chosen as a target for attacks, spells, or abilities for the rest of the phase. But they but cannot themselves attack or use spells and abilities for the rest of the phase. So, so that's, that's awesome. super amazing. That's you put your hero on duality of death. You pop that. I think it's yeah. it, it, you always if you have that on your eidolon when yeah. they charge it with a buffed up unit that they're going to go right. I'm going to absolutely smash it. Um, you know it's. You know they can't actually be attacked. You just go. I'll pop it this combat phase. In my combat yeah. phase, I'll retreat. Uh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not having any of that. That's yes, yeah, legit, really good. I think that's probably going to be an auto include. Yeah, because it's just like it's just so good. I mean, you you don't want your idol and Mathland getting getting basically Mer- ganked. So you just go. Uh, mm. you've charged it with Nagash or something. All right, I'll just pop it. Or the the turn the prime comes down makes that charge. You yeah, yeah. Nah, you're right. Nah, no, nah, not today. Yeah, it, it suck my ink cloud. Yeah, and hope that, that you uh, hope that the tides on the retreat and charge and you retreat out charge back in kill the prime. Yeah, exactly. Especially yeah. if you're using the um, aspect of the storm because he's a ba- yeah. he's badass. He is badass. Then you've got the world shell. Um, once per battle, start the hero phase. You can say the bear will use the horse shell. If you do, pick an enemy hero in nine. Uh, roll 2d6. If the roll is greater than the hero's bravery, subtract one from hit rolls for the rest of the battle. So it's okay. I mean, if you've used some anti-bravery stuff, they've got a big super character. It could be quite useful, but I still think that um, that Cloud of Midnight is probably winning out of all the artifacts so far. Um, so Ishran artifacts. So this is for the uh, sort of the other infantry heroes. Yeah. 
She got steel shell pearl. Roll a dice each time you allocate a wound uh, caused by a missile weapon. Five are basically ignored. You got the mind flare. Once per battle at the start of the combat phase, pick an enemy in three. Subtract one from hit rolls. Uh, the dritch leech. Subtract one from the casting rolls of wizards. While they're within 18 of the bearer, Idenf Deepkin Wizards are not affected. So that could be quite useful. Minus one of the cast is kind of overlooked a little bit, I think. But um, it also helps you unbind. But obviously, 18 is quite a short range. You're not necessarily going to be in range of their wizards. Unless, um, you know, you're being very aggressive. But then you yeah. kind of can with this army because you can't be shot at, right? Yeah. So you so can literally you... run your wizards behind your army. And they're basically safe apart from combat. Yeah. So, so you could be quite aggro with your wizards. I think it's a completely different playstyle. It, like, it's going to take a little bit of time for people to get used to that. I'm sure some people just get caught out because they'll, they'll move, go into the shooting phase and go, I'll shoot this guy, and then you have to shoot them. And they're like, oh. <laughs> you just, I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe it's, uh, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out, but maybe it's, it's, it's quite strong. I mean, it is quite an elite army. So you can't really afford to take lots of casualties anyway. It's not like you're going to have loads of chaff in your army, is it? I mean, um... it's, it is. They are a little bit cost intensive, um, but I think that they they needed to be with the abilities and stuff that they can do. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. And you've got the Auric Lantern. So at the start of your shooting phase, pick an enemy unit of an eighteen uh, of the bearer that's in cover until the next shooting phase. The unit does not receive the benefit of being in cover. So that's quite nice. You can almost anti-cover someone, which is quite cool. Yeah. Just lights them up. Uh, the Disharmony Stones. This one's quite a weird artifact, but I really like these. Yeah. So once per battle, start your hero phase. Pick up to two enemy heroes that are within 12 of the bearer. The opposing player must then choose. So roll a dice for each hero. On a 3+, plus, they take one more wound. Roll a dice for each hero. On a 5-up, they take d3 more wounds. Each hero takes D3 more wounds, and on a four up, the bearer takes D3 more wounds. So it's quite quirky. I think it's so situational, and most people would just go, yeah, just do the one. But um, yeah, pretty cool. Um, brain Barnacles. Once per battle, start your hero phase. Pick an enemy hero. Roll 2D6. If the roll is equal to or greater than distance between the bearer and the hero, they are infected. Subtract one from hit rolls and casting rolls for that hero for the rest of the battle. So again, it's another debuff for heroes. So yeah. with the brain barnacles, and you could potentially have the other artifact, which can make them minus one to hit as well. Um, which is, you know, it could actually be pretty good. So if you had the horse shell and the brain barnacles, you could get a minus two to hit for the rest of the battle. You have to be fairly lucky, but yeah, it's quite a good story. So you've got the arcane artifacts. So you've got the arcane pearl. So roll a dice each time you allocate a wound, uh, sorry, a mortal wound to the bearer. On a five up, it's ignored. Um, so this can be given to the Eidolon, which is the aspect of the sea because he's a wizard. Yeah. Uh, and also the Ishran guys. That's why it's a different table. Um, Sands of Infinity. Um, once per battle, uh, you can use these before you make a casting roll. Um, so for a spell that would normally last to do a next hero phase, if the spell successful, not unbound, then the effects of spell last until the hero phase after your next one. So you get like a two turn rather than a one turn, yeah. which could be pretty massive if you've got the... There's one spell particular that I think is pretty nasty, 
if you got that off for like two rounds, it'd be pretty good. Um, the Coral Ring. Uh, once per battle, re-roll a failed casting roll for the bearer. In addition, once per battle, you can re-roll an unbinding roll for the bearer. So I quite like that. It's just like a little bit of, um, you know, um, luck fixing in there. Yeah. Um, what's nice about that is you can re-roll it after you failed it, so you don't have to say, I'm going to use it. Oh, I didn't need it. It's quite useful. Um, the Bauble of Buoyancy. Uh, the bearer can fly... In addition, double the result of run rolls for the bearer, which is quite a funky little thing. That's quite cool. Yes. The Kraken's Tooth. Uh, once per battle in your shooting phase, pick an enemy unit within 12. It's visible. Roll a dice on a 1. The bearer takes D3 mortal wounds. That's bad for you. 2 to 5, the enemy unit takes D3 mortal wounds. And on a 6, pick one model in the enemy unit. The model you pick is slain. If it has a wound characteristic of less than 10... Um, it will, and it takes 2d6 mortal wounds if it has a wounds characteristic of more than 10. So that's could be potentially devastating. Um, yeah. Really, really good. Um, then you've got the augury shells. Once per battle, start your hero phase, roll 2d6. During that hero phase, you can use that roll as a result of a casting roll for the bearer or as a result of an unbinding roll for an enemy wizard that is attempting to unbind a spell cast by the bearer. You must say that you will use the roll before the actual caster and binding roll is made. So it's it's kind of a bit strange, but you get to kind of like get like a free casting roll yeah. um, that you could use, but you don't have to. So it's very bizarre. But um, yeah, there you go. That'd be quite handy if you um, put it on sort of like the aspect of the sea, because obviously with his reroll abilities and you know, and with the rituals and stuff as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get on to those in a minute. Yeah, um, sorry, I'm. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. So, speaking of spells, then, um, yeah. before well, before we move on, is there any artifacts you particularly like, Les? Um, I think the the sort of like the scream out ones are for me is definitely the the cloak of uh, not the cloak of Mr. Shadows, that's a deaf one, uh, <laughs> or, the, or uh, the cloak of midnight, which was the old dark elf one. Yeah, the cloud of the, midnight. Yeah, <laughs> the cloud of midnight. That, that one jumps out massively. Um, I think again, you'll see that in every list. Um, I think the add two uh, the add two attacks is really good as well, um, especially if you're putting it on. If you've got sort of like a generic non-special character um, hero in your army, um, you know the Achillean King can be quite fighty um, if you give him the Vault Spear. I think, which is is one of the loadouts you can give him instead of the sword, where he does damage three on the charge. I think or damage yeah. two. Um, you know, giving him those extra attacks on high tide when you know that he's going to be uh, coming in and causing damage, especially again, it's all going to be around um, you know the the high tide ability, which is uh, it could be quite cool. Um, and like we we elaborated on with the 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 cloak um, or the, the mist stuff that you you're not going to that is going to be a really really crucial bit of kit for your um your aspect of the sea or aspect of the storm whichever one you you take um just for being able to shut down that turn that you know that the, the combat monster goes into it more you know that one time that like you know a you know four formulators go in and then uh, you just go well actually i'm going to just completely nullify the fact that you're charging uh, and get rid of your charge damage extra that you get 
Um, you know, or even just... if you just stood in front of uh, you know a change host and you just go, yeah. do you know what in this hero phase? Nah, you ain't doing it. Yeah. No, nah, not today. Yeah, it's um, yeah. You're not going to do it, and then wait. You know, and then play for the double turn. Hope that you get the double turn and go straight into them. Yeah, particularly yeah. if you're into the um, fourth battle round and you can retreat and charge. So yeah. you can almost like throw him in on the third turn. Yeah. You know, get to fight first with everything anyway. And then you just go and then he, you know, they get into their, their hero phase, you just go, No, not today. Then you get to retreat and charge their Lord of Change and then spunk him on the head. It's pretty good. Yeah. So very good. Unless it's Kairos and you just change the turn or to one. No. Not have that charge. No. <laughs> um, but it's cool. So, um spells then. Um Law of the Deeps. So there's six spells. So you've got the Steed of Tides on a five. Uh, pick a friendly hero that's not a monster out of six of the caster. Uh, remove them for the battlefield. So up 24 from its previous location. More than nine for any models. This counts as their move. So you can obviously, if you have that on your aspect of the sea, he can actually use that to, to basically teleport around the table because he's not yeah. a monster and he can cast it on himself. Because um, he's within six of himself, invisible to himself, <laughs> so I can see myself. I can teleport, um, so that could be super useful if you wanted to use your um, your Eidolon, uh of Mafflin aspect of the sea in yeah. quite a tricksy way. It's quite good. You sort of end up jumping around the table, um, and he gets two spells as well. So you could jump somewhere, set up his next spell, and then you know jump somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, Abyssal Darkness on a 5 is successfully cast until a next hero face friendly Idenf Deepkin units are treated being in cover when they've wholly been 9 of the caster so maybe not quite so useful because you get that anyway in the round 1 and if you've got a turtle you get that anyway if you're near it uh, but it could be useful you know if you yeah. didn't want to take a turtle for example um, then you've got Vorpal Maelstrom uh, on a 6 pick a point on the battlefield of an 18 uh, roll a dice for each unit within three. If the dice roll f um, for unit is equal to uh, the number of mod or less than the number of models in the unit, it takes D3 mortal wounds. Yeah, so, uh, it's like uh, almost like a, a long range Star Drake tail, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's quite cool. I mean, like you, especially if you're if you can put it so you can hit in multiple units of like four or five guys, you're more than likely going to be doing the damage. Yeah. Uh, pressure the Deep on a 7. Pick any model within 12. Uh, roll a dice. If the roll is greater than the model's wounds, it's dead. So, really nice if you want to snipe out certain uh, things out of units, like banners or musicians or special weapons. So, yeah. pretty good. Tide of Fear on a 6. Pick any unit within 12 of the caster. To an exterior face, subtract one from the hit rolls and subtract one from their bravery. So, again, if you use the um, artifact where that extends to two rounds and you got that off, they're going to be minus one to hit for four turns potentially. Which is pretty good. Super good. And Arcane Corrasion. Cor uh, has a cast value of six. If successfully cast, pick the closest enemy unit within 48 of the caster. Measure the distance between the caster and the unit. If it's up to 12, it takes one mortal wound. If it's more than 12 and up to 24, it takes two. If it's more than 24 and up to 36, it takes three. 
and if it's more than 36 up to 48 it takes four obviously it's the closest unit so it only really applies if they're miles away from you basically it does a lot of damage but there's a bit bit but obviously if you can teleport with the steed um you know you could one guy could teleport your guy with that spell to the corner of the board and then you could then cast it um so you could you could do a little thing about so it's not not too bad I banged it quite good when I used it in the... Um... Oh, did you take that spell? Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, I thought it was quite good. Just because you, you're always going to be... If you like the early turns are where you can you can dish out the damage, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's what I found anyway. Yep. Yeah. Oh, we just sold another face hammer ticket down to 15 now. Wee. Wee. Wee, that's going quick. Um, then, um, yeah, so we got into the Ishran rituals. So this is a bit, this is kind of like a special Idenef thing. Um, yeah. So do you want to talk us through this, Les? You've probably played with it, so I won't <laughs> yeah. completely ham-fist it trying to read like four paragraphs. Um, yeah, no, that's cool, mate. Give me two seconds and I will be ready to go just so I've got it in front of me as well, just to make sure that I don't get it wrong. But essentially, um, you you have three rituals that you can uh, you can use uh, during the game. These are done by an Ishran hero. Um, which would be your Tidecaster or your Soul Squire or um, the the other one that I never remember the name of. Um, and basically, uh, what you do is you roll two d six, and you need to beat ten on the you need to roll ten plus on two d six for the ritual to be successful. Um, there is uh, numerous ways that you can buff that roll or like increase that roll. Uh, one of which is being within um, one inch of a Gloom Tide shipwreck. Uh, one is you add one to the roll if uh, the the guy is a priest, um, and then you add a further one to the roll if there is another Ishran hero within uh, three inches of the model. Um, if there is a priest that you're instead of it being say a tidecaster, if you're within three inches of a priest, you add two to the roll. Um, so there's a couple of essentially your your Ishran hero, the tidecaster, is the only one that's not a priest from my memory. Um, and yeah, so you you need to roll a ten plus on the dice, and essentially these are um, a little bit of uh, you know a free to cast sort of like another spell really that that helps the army. Um, the the first one you've got is the the ritual of erosion, um, which is until your next hero phase, uh, all enemy units uh, do not receive the benefit of being in cover. So that can be pretty good uh, in the mirror match, right? Pretty good in the mirror match. Uh, pretty good if you're playing against uh, armies that like to, you know, plonk their cut-off hunters in cut into woods and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's it is quite handy. Um, then you've got the the ritual of the tempest, which is the third one. I'm going to go to the second one in a second because the second one's probably the best. Um, the ritual of the tempest, which is until your next hero phase, enemy models cannot fly. Um, so essentially they cannot ignore terrain, uh, so they have to move around and, you know, it can do uh, a few other bits, especially with like deadly terrain and stuff like that. It can be quite handy. Um, uh, and then the, the one that I think that, you know, I would be using quite a lot is the ritual of the rousing, which is, um, you heal one wound allocated to each friendly idol on the battlefield. In addition, you can reroll failed hit rolls and casting rolls for friendly idol units until your hero phase, next hero phase. So you essentially heal a wound on your idolin and allow your aspect of the storm to fight and your aspect of the sea to re-roll casting rolls. Yeah, cool. Uh, I quite like the um, Tempest Ritual because what you can do is stop 
um, enemy units been able to retreat out of combat uh, yeah. by just base locking them and saying, well, you can't fly now, so you can't get out. Um, yeah. Could be super good if you like trap a Lord of Change or something and just say, well, you can't actually get away. Yeah, no, that's really good too. Yeah, it's, um, again, it's, uh, I think they're going to be quite situational because, like, you know, getting a uh, getting a ten plus on the dice is quite hard. Um, also, you you you've not really got the uh, the points in the army to the the sort of like spare to maybe sort of have, have multiple multiple um, you know priests and heroes. You'd only ever have the amount that you would you I find that you need in your army. Um, you, you only need you know, two, right? And then you can get plus five. Yeah, because you get because yeah, you could you, have one hero that's a priest next to a gloom tide next within range of another hero who's also a priest. I think that's plus five. Yeah, and then you're doing your ritual on a five. Yeah, no, that's true. Which is pretty reliable, and it's only think, two heroes. I think the thing is, though, is that you, you realistically, uh, your one your one priest that you're going to be want that you'll be taking in every list won't, won't be on the battlefield. Won't be on the battlefield next one. Oh, okay. Yeah, which we'll get to when you get to. That's the only issue I've got, I've got with it is that your tide cast is probably going to be there on its top because you're. I think in most competitive builds you're going to find the soul squire is not going to be on the table. He's going to be in the etheric sea with two units of combat, uh, combat pieces, combat units. Yeah, but I mean, there's, there is the option there if you don't. Um, yeah. If you're not going to do that alpha strike, and you want to actually utilize those rituals to make your idol on better or whatever, and it's quite useful. I think there's that yeah it's definitely like you know it's, it, there's lots of ways you can play it it's not just as clear cut as perhaps I see it but that's kind of what I was looking at with it cool so we should probably talk about the efficacy a little bit then I guess uh, yeah cool so um you basically get access to etheric vortex terrain features that you can set up basically so after yeah. all the terrain features are set up, before you choose territory set up armies, you can set up up to two etheric vortex terrain features anywhere on the battlefield, so that each is more than one from any other terrain feature. And then if both players are setting up vortex terrain, each player rolls a dice. Whoever rolls highest chooses the order in which each vortex terrain feature is set up. Yeah. And you have the Gloomtide shipwreck. Which is the we've already alluded to it as yeah. the scenery. Um, so it's a terrain feature, one shipwreck scenery model. The model is supplied in two halves. You can either fill the two halves as two separate terrain features, or place the two halves so they are touching, in order to form a single larger terrain feature. Yeah. So I read that as you can either you can put down two full complete shipwrecks, as in like the boat is one whole piece, or you can put down two separate pieces. Yeah. So, so with the efficacy, you could put four individual bits or two big ones. Yeah. Right. That's what you mean. I think is it? I mean, it's what you said. You can set two. So if you yeah, set so a, you can set two train set. features. So I can have two gloom tide shipwrecks, and the gloom tide shipwreck allows me to either deploy two halves separately or two halves together. Okay, so you can set up as a. So four. I could set up four pieces of gloom tide shipwreck on the table yeah that's how yeah. i read it anyway okay makes um, sense um and you've got the guidance of the deep so royal dice each time a wound or mortal wound is allocated to an INF deep can unit wholly within six 
on a six plus the wound is negated um so pretty cool um and then you've got um at the start of your hero phase roll a dice for each unit within three um don't roll for idnf on a four plus they take a mortal wound on a six they take d3 mortal wounds so pretty cool just a little bit of damage and Kind of like uh, the, the normal, um, you know. It, I think it's really thematic for the for the army. Um, the, the the model's actually amazing as well, which is pretty cool. I mean, the amount of people I think that are going to be buying the model just for for terrain stuff is going to be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a cool model. It's quite big as well. So yeah, it's really really surprisingly big when you um, when you actually get it. Sort of like you know, um, you get it in your hands. It's like it is quite a large model. I can imagine uh, headquarters are going to be when people start doing uh, undead themed Caradon overlords and sort of stick them together for iron class. Yeah, or using them to base their gut rot spume on a rotted boat. Yeah. You could quite easily use that as a uh, basis of a display board for a Nurgle ship. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's nice. It's, I mean, there's so much use for it, you know. It's, it's an awesome bit of kit, and it? it looks a lot like the, the ship from uh, what's the Dreadfleet? From Dreadfleet. Not yeah, sure. it looks a bit like the ship from Dead Fleet. That's cool. I, I don't think I ever played it. I bought it and it went under my table and then went somewhere yeah. else. I think it's I think it's in my attic actually. Don't forget I ever played it. So, um, so I think I there is enclaves, but without context of knowing what the units do, it's probably best to go through the war scrolls. Yeah, I think the then, war scrolls best thing. And then come back to the enclaves. We can go back to the enclaves and the battalions at the end. Yeah, that's probably normally what we do. So, um, so let's start off with the big bad boys of the uh, of the Idenf. Yeah. So the Eidolons. So you've got two. You've got the aspect of the storm and the aspect of the sea. And the aspect of the storm is a twelve inch move with twelve wounds with a free up armor save, bravery ten, which can fly. He has a uh, spear, which is a two inch reach, four attacks, threes and twos, minus two rend damage two. A crawl hook, which is four attacks, twos and threes, minus one run damage one. And he has a storm shoal, which is a three inch reach, 2d6 attacks, fours and fours, no run damage one. So pretty good, he's pretty fighty. Um, and what yeah. he does is when he, he has a bit called crashing upon the foe, so you get to reroll hit rolls of one and add one to the damage of the spear yeah. um, if he made a charge move. In addition, if he can charge in the same turn, it would make a retreat move. And finally, he heals D3 wounds every time he makes a charge move. So, pretty good. Yeah, very good. Retreat and charge just all the time is amazing, right? Yeah, you, and you heal a wound every time, so you just, you'd always retreat out of combat. The fact that he can yeah. fly... And he does yeah. more damage on the charge. Yeah. That's why I quite like the re-roll charges on this guy because you're like you're so reliant on if you double one that charge you'd be like oh you'd just be kicking yourself wouldn't you yeah, yeah that makes sense um you got drench with hate so re-roll wound rolls of one for friendly idnf deepkin units while they're within nine of this model so obviously he's an idnf deepkin unit so he'll re-roll ones to wound as well so yeah. he's re-rolling ones to hit and to wound oh any charges and he's got four attacks threes and twos minus two rend damage three pretty so, pretty gnarly yeah. So threes and ones, threes are rolling ones, twos are rolling ones, damage three is going to be... Um, and if you give him the extra attacks on that turn as well? Yeah, he does six attacks. So. Yeah, makes him a beat sip. 
yeah, absolutely disgusting. Um, then he has the rule pulled into the depths. Start of the combat phase, you can pick an enemy hero with wounds characteristic less than eight. That's within three of this model. Subtract one from hit rolls that for that hero for the rest of that combat phase. So it's pretty good if you've got like a little um, cheeky combat hero, just yeah. chip away. Um, I don't think many infantry heroes would be coming at him though, so I don't think how useful that would be, but you never know. Could be quite useful. So he rocks in at a massive 400 points, which is quite nice because it means he can ally, right? Yeah. Which I think only daughters at the moment and Stormcast can ally this guy in, right? Pretty sure. So. Uh, Silver two, I think. Oh, okay. So I'll they check. won't they won't have it in their ally table, though, will they? Uh, no, I don't know. There's a battalion in the. Oh, okay. That's, I think that's slightly different, though. If it's a battalion, because they count as Idenf, don't they? They they they're listed. They're... Okay, the Deepkin allies can ally. Silver can ally with Deepkin, not the other way around. That's right, right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. And then you've got the um, Eidolon of Maflan aspect of the sea. Yeah. So this is the caster one. So he's slightly slower. He's movement 10. Uh, same, 12 wounds, 3 plus save, bravery 10. Now, he also flies. Now, this guy has got a missile weapon, which is a 15-inch range. D3 attacks, freeze and freeze, minus 2 rend damage 2, which is pretty nice. Um, he has a side trident, which is a 2-inch reach. 3 attacks, freeze and freeze, rend 2, damage 2. So that's pretty good combat power on that as well. Um, yeah. The Scepter, free attacks, freeze and freeze, minus one damage one. And the Storm's Shoal again, which is fours and fours, no rend damage one. So he's not that much worse than the combat guy in combat. No. I mean, he's he's pretty solid. He's pretty good still, isn't he? I think. Yeah, I think so. He's um, You can reroll one casting roll for this model uh, in each of your hero phases. If you do not re-roll a casting roll, then you can heal D3 wounds allocated to this model. So it's quite nice because you can choose to use it. So every hero phase basically heal D3 unless you, you want to re-roll the spell. Yeah. He has the Tranquility of the Abyss. Add 3 to Bravery of Idenf Deepkin while they're within 9 of the model. So that's pretty good if you want to protect yourself from Battleshock. Uh, he is a wizard. He can cast two spells. Uh, he yeah. has Cloying Sea Mist uh, on a 6. Uh, pick a unit within 12 that is visible to him. If the unit is a friendly Deepkin unit, you heal D3 wounds. Um, any other unit takes D3 mortals. So he's got a little heal, which is quite cool. Uh, and he's got Tsunami of Terror. There's a casting value of 7. If successful, pick D6 enemy units within 12 for the caster. Subtract one from all hit rolls from those units and one from the bravery of those units. So that's really, really solid because you can get into into the middle of their army and just make their whole army like minus one to hit. It's pretty nasty. I really like that spell. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, sorry, I really like I was reading it. Um, yeah, no, I think the, this, uh, what's that, the Snammy one, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, the tsunami one's really good. Um, that was like what uh, just being able to stack the more wins and stuff is really good. Uh, not the more wins, the the minus um, bravery is really good on it. Um, it combos nicely with the other spell that you can take out of the law. Yeah, which is minus one bravery, minus one to hit as well. Yeah, so, so you can get minus two to hit, 
And then if you've got the other artifact that's minus one to hit, you can use a lot of minuses to hit. You can stack from this army. Yeah, um, it's, it, it makes it makes up for the lack of armor. I think um, you know, being able to just make it harder and harder to. And they've got three plus saves, and yeah, they can benefit from cover. Yeah, but that's it's not lack them. of armor. You know, it, it, that's assuming that you put it on themselves when they're in combat. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it's it's going to be the other thing, isn't it? You know, like yeah. when you want to your thralls with their five up saves. Um, yeah. You know, or switch off. Like, you know, the switch off your blight kings when they uh, when they come into fight and they do their explodes on six. Right, everything so, switches blight kings off. That's the problem. Um, yeah, or um, he'd switch that off as well. Um, but he's four hundred and forty points. This guy. Yeah, but still, still solid, right? Yeah, no, I think he's still. I mean, I, I think you in most lists, I, I don't think that you've got room for both of them because of the, the other units that you need to take. So you have to make a decision as to what you want to do, whether you want to take the, um, you know, the, the aspect of the sea or the aspect of the storm. I, I, you know, for me personally, I think the way I like to play, I think I'd probably want to be taking the combat one. Yeah, I've, I prefer the combat one um, just because I think he's like, it, it's just the actual like the shock and awe of it. I just think it's really yeah. good. Um, and I think, like with Tidecasters being the cost that they are, I think you probably take multiple Tidecasters um, and then uh, take the the combat one. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm going to have two built and painted because I want to have the options for both of them because I think that they're both usable. Um, I think if running two in one list is doable, like because you don't you don't necessarily care about not having a combat unit because the the, the damage output is more than that unit's probably going to do anyway. Yeah, I, mean, I think it depends on what how that you build your list, don't you? Because essentially, with a if you're taking both of those heroes you, and you want to take the eels as battle line, you need the king. Um, if you otherwise, you need to take thralls, which you know 140 points for 10. You know, I think that they they benefit more from being in a big unit rather than just being sort of like play soldiers at 10. Um, so that's the only issue I have is that you know you you're you, you, you're spending quite a lot of points. You're spending what four hundred, uh, eight hundred, uh, eight, nine, eight thirty in it for them. Well, yeah, so yeah, so you, but I'm thinking with the king on it as well. So you're talking like one thousand eighty points for three heroes. Just, I yeah, I don't know. Like I mean, you could take double combat with the king, and that's yeah. one thousand forty, and then you go. I'll take eels for the rest of my points and just literally yeah. have a combat army and just be like, I don't care about wizard magic. Are you going to talk buying an army in a minute? No, I'm not going to buy it. I'm just yeah. saying you could do it. You I don't, I don't do. think it's like awful. You know what I mean? Like, I mean the kit, I think the, um, the aspect of the storm is so, so scary in combat. Yeah. It'd just be super, yeah, super good. No, I, I you know, my ally went into my storm casts for a safe coast. Yeah, I'd be tempted, but I think the prime is better. Yeah, yeah. I just like the mortal wound scepter. I just think it's cool. Yeah. Okay. Right. We should talk about Volturnos, right? Yeah, my, I love this guy. High king of the deep. Yeah. So, do you want to talk us through it then? If he's your, uh, he's your. Yeah. You start off an arc. You you start off mate an arc because I've not got the scroll in front of me. Uh, okay. So. Cool. So he's got a 14-inch move. Um, he's got eight wounds, free up save. Um, yeah. Again, pretty pretty solid save. He can fly. Yeah. Um, he has a Astrosolus, um, which is a weapon. This is range one inch. Uh, five attacks, freeze and freeze, minus one damage, D3. 
So that's pretty yes. nasty. Um, then he's got the fanged jaw and talons of his mount, which is three attacks, freeze and freeze, rend one, damage one. And the tails, which are two inch reach, three attacks, freeze and freeze, no rend, but damage two. Now, um, if you roll a six um, to hit with his Astrosolus, it ends up with a rend of minus five instead of minus one. <laughs> which is pretty ridiculous, to be what? honest. <laughs> Oh, hi, Terry. You're on the show still. Yeah. Well, I don't have the book in front of me, so yeah. it's like I'm just listening to all this ridiculousness. What? What's minus five rend? So if you roll a six to hit, his attack has minus five rend. There you go. Isn't it just, be- isn't it just better to say if you roll a six, you just ignore armor saves? Yeah, maybe. But it does D3 damage, so that's good. Yeah, it's pretty tasty. And what's, what's good about it is that Rather than just saying I'll do D three mortal wounds, is it some stuff have a mortal wound save, but they don't have they don't have a normal wound save? If that makes sense, yeah. So they get their armor, but they won't get their armor, so they just get any save at all. Yeah, I know. So, but with some things ignoring rend, you'll just be like, yeah, minus five. Like, psh, don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah so there you go. Don't go fight it. It's not going to like it a lot, is it? <laughs> no, exactly. Um, <laughs> So he has the Crest of the High Kings. Um, so he had one to Bravery of Ulf, Eidenef, when they're holy within 18. He also has the High King's Shield. So you can roll a dice if this model is affected by a spell. On a 3+, the spell has no effect on the model. Um, so that doesn't say enemy spell. That's a spell. So if you cast a spell on him as a buff, you would then probably have to roll to see if you ignore it as well. So you could cancel out your own Mystic Shield on yourself. Yeah, but it says you can roll a dice, so you wouldn't do that, obviously. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> it's not you must, that's you know, fine then. I thought it was quite funny. You could go, oh, I'm going to stop my own Mystic Shield. <laughs> um, he has the first among Achilleans. So you can re-roll hit rolls of one for friendly Achillean models while they're holding within 18 in this model. Um, so obviously that affects himself um, and he has the deep mare horn which that's definitely what I should have introduced you as uh, uh, Les um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's roll a dice if this model ends a charge move within one of an enemy unit on a 2 plus they take d3 mortal wounds yeah uh, Martin didn't like this he was just like what do you mean it does impact hits the same as a great clean one I'm like well it's got a horn yeah I think the impact is better than the Great and Clean because I think Great and Clean does it on a 4+. plus. Yeah. Um, unless I've been playing that wrong and I've done myself out of some damage. Um, and then you've got the Supreme Lord of Tides. Um, if Volturnus is your general uh, and the high tide ability uh, from the Tides of Death table applies to the battle round, if you do yeah. so... Sorry. Um, oh, yeah, so it only happens when high tide's on. Um, pick up to three friendly Iron F Deep Kenyans units holy within 18, add one to the attacks of all melee weapons used by those units. So during high tide, you can basically get plus one attack on three units. That's yeah. pretty good. Really cool. He's really cool. How many points does he weigh in at? Uh, 240, I think. Really? That's cheap. 280. Uh, He's 280. 280. Okay. Still a bargain. Yeah, he, he, pretty good. If you're going to do an Achillean army, he's. he's, he's Pretty solid, isn't he? If you're going to trigger your your your, your sort of like your Achillean um, Achillean guard um, as battle line, then for an extra forty points, you take Volturnus because I believe his um, command ability is like a bigger range than the 
um, than the standard Kings, from what I remember, as well. So you might as well take it, have the bigger range, have the Rend 5 potential, have uh, all of the extra attacks, you know. And, I think the only reason uh, you might not is because you lose the ability to give artifacts and a trait. Yeah, um, but then you put straight onto the aspect of the storm, don't you? Aspect of but the you sea. still lose the trait, though. Yeah. And the traits are pretty solid. Um, but, I mean, it is viable, but I don't think it's a, it's a no-brainer. No. So the next scroll is the Archelian King. Um, so again, 14-inch move, 7 wounds, 3-up uh, save, bravery 8. Also fly. He also has the Deep Mare Horn, very but it's just the impact hits. Um, <laughs> he is the Archelian Paragon. Reroll hit rolls of Archelian units hold within 12, so it's a shorter range one, basically. Yeah. He has Storm of Blows. Start of the combat phase, you can say that this model will draw their falchion. If you do, subtract one from your saves, um, but this model can attack with its falchion. Um, so basically, you've got a, a different weapon profile you can use, which I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, Wave Rider. In the combat phase, the model's bladed polearm has a damage characteristic of 3 if you made a charge. Um, and he's got the Lord of Tides command ability, which is during the high tides, um, you can pick eight, one friendly unit within 12, add one to their attacks. So it's a lot lot weaker command ability. Now I think he gets a choice of weapon, doesn't he? So he either has a polearm or a greatsword. Yeah, uh, in the practice game, I had the greatsword because that was what was on the model. But I think, as a rule, I think you're going to take the the damage three polearm, aren't you? Yeah, every time I think. So, yeah. bladed polearm is two inch reach, three attacks, freeze and freeze minus two rend, damage d three, yeah. but damage three on the charge. The greatsword is one inch reach, four attacks, freeze and freeze minus one rend, damage d three. The falchion, if you dare to draw it, is one inch reach, three attacks, freeze and force, no run damage one. And then you've got the fanged jaws and talons of his deep mare, which is three attacks, freeze, freeze, minus one damage one. And the tails, three attacks, freeze, freeze, no run damage two. So he's uh, he's pretty sweet. He's basically, uh, I quite like him. He's 240 points. He's 40 points cheaper. Um, and again, like we mentioned earlier, if he's your general, your Achilleans are battle line which is super cool because I like battle line units that aren't normal battle line it's always good um, so it comes on to the Ishran characters now um, love these guys so you've got the Tidecaster um, the Tidecaster is a wizard not a priest um, and they basically you know 5 wounds 6 up save movement of 6 uh, has a staff attack we don't really care about that too much. Um, it is the first wound allocated to this model every turn is negated. Uh, it has the wide ether sea. This model is the general of your army. Start of the first battle round, you can declare that the tides of death table will be reversed. If you do so, ebb tide will be used in the first battle round. High tide will be used in the second. Flood tide used in the third. And low tide used in the fourth. Then the four tides are repeated in reverse order. I don't so think you're ever going to use that. Really, I think it's amazing. I think you take him as your general. You take uh, two units. Uh, you take two soul squires. You take um, three units. So sorry, two units of six eels for each one with spears. And basically, you take him as your general. Reverse the tides on the first turn. Uh, he's a hundred point general. He dies, but it means that turn one, um, you you play it steady. Turn two, 
you uh, essentially your enemy can't fight back. You bring on your characters from the side of the table. They got six inches charge with all of your combat bits going in, causing loads of damage. Yeah, but it's it's just in the wrong order. It's like then you go, oh, I can run and charge, but I'm already in combat. And then you get cover, but which might be useful, but I, I think just, just I think the, the first turn you can retreat and charge doesn't really apply, does it? No, it's just, it's only Sorry. there to bring the that forward one turn. I still think it's really legit. I think it's uh, you know you use that as a uh, an alpha strike. You know you do is you play for turn two and just go right. I'm gonna like you take three soul scries and take all of the eels and just try and decimate your opponent on turn two. Mm, possibly. Not so sold. I yeah. think I think you're better off. Wait, well, anyway, we'll see. Um, I just don't like the fact that he has to be a general as well. So it's like because you lose out on using a command ability as well. So you can't use like the sweet plus one attack on all your guys and you know, the rest of it. So again, I think it, you just build your list around that. It's like you build your list around the the combo of like the turn to decimate the army as opposed to having a more balanced one. Yeah, I've seen that. So, um, yeah, so that's that guy. Uh, how many points is he? Do you know off the top of your head? There's 100, 100. is he? Yeah. Cool. Um, then you've got the Ishran Soul Squire. Five wounds, six moves, six up save. He's got a missile weapon, which is actually not too bad. It's 18-inch range, uh, eight attacks, fives and fives, no rend damage one, but it's a nice little chip away. It's enough of dice that you're rolling to maybe do a, the odd wound or two. Yeah. He has a, a melee weapon called the Finger Claw, which sounds lovely. Um, three attacks, freeze and fours, no run damage one. Um, he is a priest. Um, and they have the ability, the Finder of the Ways. So instead of setting this unit up on the battlefield, you can place it to one side and say that it's traveling the Aether Sea. If you do, you can... Um, when you would set up another Deepkin unit, instead of setting up that unit, you can say that that is joining him in the EFC. Up to two units can join this model. At the end of any of your movement phases, you can set up this model wholly within six at the edge of the battlefield and more than nine away from enemy models. Then set up any units that join this model wholly within six at the edge of the battlefield, wholly within 12 of this model and more than nine away from enemy models. So basically, you come on from the board edge, but you're nine away. Yeah. And then he has the Seeker of Souls. At the start of your charge phase, you can pick one enemy unit within 24 that is visible. If you do, you must add three to charge rolls for friendly IDNF Deepkin units that are within 12 of this unit, whether the first model to be moved from each unit that receives this modifier must finish their charge move within half an inch of the unit all their charge will fail. So obviously if you're nine away and you're getting plus three, you're getting your charging on a six. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I think that is going to be a in every list, uh, that guy, I think. Just even if you're not using the Aether C rule or the Aether C rule, um, you, you're still, why would you not add three to all your charge rolls? Yeah, and, and you can... You can you you set him up. You can basically deploy him in the Aether Sea, and then your opponent's just going to think, "Oh, he's going to ambush me," and you could just not even bother. So no, yeah, then bring him on. Uh, you know, set him up on his own, and then just bring him on ready for that turn that yeah. you've got. So you push forward for turn. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be from the table edge. You know, I think he's just a really versatile piece. Um, you know, that you can use, and he, like you know, I mean, even if you imagine you take him in two aspects of the 
storm with you off the mm-hmm. table edge. You know, bring them on. Well, I think I think getting plus three to charges against units is just you're going to have one or two of this guy in your army anyway, um, and then that's two priests and that's your just your ritual sorted. Because yeah. you might even just deploy them in your own deployment zone because your twenty four inch range for that extra charge is massive. You don't even need to be near them. No. Um, so, yeah, really cool. Uh, and how many points is that, dude? Hundred again? Uh, hundred points. Yeah, and they're all a hundred, aren't they? So yeah. then we've got the Ishran Soul Render. So he's five wounds, a four-up save on this guy. Um, he has got the Talun Hook, which is two, a two-inch reach, two attacks, freeze and freeze, minus one, damage two. And he, you have the Raker Dart Serrated Bill, three-inch reach, d3 attacks, freeze and freeze, minus one, damage one. Uh, so he has the Law Light ability. So the end of your Battleshock phase, pick a friendly Namati unit, holy of 12, roll a d3, return... A number of slain models to you, you picked up to the value of the roll. Add one to the D3 roll for each enemy model that was slain by damage caused by this model's talon hook in the combat phase for the same turn. So he's basically, he basically brings back your thralls and then all reavers, and then he's got the hangman's knot. Start the combat phase, pick an enemy hero within three, roll a dice, subtract two from the dice roll if the enemy hero is a monster. On a four, you can re-roll failed hit rolls for this model's talent hook that target that hero. So you basically snare them with your like little lasso. Um, he's basically he looks like an anglerfish type dude, doesn't he? He's got a light hanging off his helmet, and he's got like that hooked reaper scythe thing. So it's pretty cool. This is the, the guy with a really cool helmet, isn't he? Yeah, he's one of my favourite models. Like, yeah, it's the one I would see. Like, he's so cool. Um, I think for, for for the list that I'm thinking, I'll, I'll probably be trying to take him as well. Um, because uh, you know, I do think that you know a unit of like Thrall, Namrati Thrall, with him, you know, just it makes sense just to be able to like you know put those models back in the unit if he's still alive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's he just. I think he's such a cool model. You, you just want to include him, don't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely. If you're running thralls as well, just adding the odd guy back in the unit is just pretty useful. I think. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could you could have quite a few back if you if you had actually fighting as well, and you're in against another horde or something, and you kill a few guys with his hook, then you could get like you know four or five guys back. That's quite big, you know. There's a really, I think there's a quite a good battalion uh, or art enclave that's that sort of supports that as well, um, which we'll get to. Um, that you know that combos nicely with him and like you know the thralls, so um, which we can get to in a bit. Yeah, that's cool. Um, you can, you- I've, I've read, digested this book, right? Can't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're obviously, super keen. Yeah. Um, so um, we'll go on to the Archelian Allopexes. I love the models for these so much. So this is like the little sharky thing, right? It's the shark guys. Yeah, the yeah. shark guys with the crossbow on the back. Yeah. yeah, it's such a cool model. I was really like the paint job of the one in Warhammer World. Yeah, it actually the... looks like that kind of like whale skin, like grey black. But with the pink, yeah. like a great white, it's just awesome. Yeah, it's, a, it's such a cool model. Um, so he's twelve inch move, eight wounds, four up save, bravery six. It can fly. It is the bloodthirsty predator. Start your charge phase. If it's within twelve of the enemy um, that have been allocated any wounds, you must 
uh, you could so you can reroll charge rolls this unit in the charge phase, so you get like an extra chance to charge if they've already been blooded. Uh, it's quite thematic, I like that. Um, yeah. So it has a razor shell harpoon launcher. Is this a choice? You have to one or the other. Yeah, let's have a look. Um, uh, yeah, one or two. Yeah, yeah, and it's got so you've got the harpoon launcher, twenty-four inch range, three attacks, freeze and freeze, no run damage one. Or a net launcher, one attack, freeze and freeze, no rend damage, free. So, out of the two. Then um, you've got melee weapons, you've got hooks and blades, five attacks, freeze and fours, no rend damage, one. Then his bite is one attack, freeze and freeze, minus two rend damage, free. And his scythe fins, four attacks, freeze and freeze, minus one damage, one. So, that's okay. It's like, you know, a little yeah. bit of damage, a little bit of a cheeky shooting attack. Um... And they, he is a mighty 140 points. Uh, and also, they can be a unit. That's awesome. Yeah, a unit of sharks. That's really cool. That's amazing. Like, you have like five of them flying around. You probably wouldn't because they'd be expensive, but um, I definitely think you'd have like two or three, I think. Well, I think uh, they're max four, aren't they? But you could have like two units of two or something. But they're quite cool. Yeah. I really like the. Um, I quite like those. The models are really nice. So, yeah. Um, next war scroll is Lotan, the Warden of the Soul Ledgers. So this is the um, what did you call him, Doctopus? Doctopus. Yeah, Liam Cook has been calling him Doctopus since the picture went up and stuff. So, <laughs> um, he doesn't really fight. Apparently, um, no. He's got an Octar familiar. There you go. He's got five wounds, six up save. He is a. He's not a wizard or a. Um, priest, he's just a dude. Yeah. So he's got the bone quill, one attack, freeze and fives, no rend damage one. Then the octar has a three inch reach on all of his attacks. One attack, fours and freeze, minus one damage two. Uh, one attack, freeze and fours, minus one damage one. And six attacks, fours and fours, no rend damage one. So it's a mediocre attacks. And then he has the ability catalogue of souls. Add one to bravery of friendly Idenf. Units while they're wholly within 12. In addition, reroll hit rolls of 1 for friendly Namati units while they are wholly within 12 of this model. So it sort of buffs your um, your sort of yeah. Reavers and your Thralls. So, because uh, it's not just in the combat phase, that's in your shooting phase as well. So, not too bad. And then, uh, Riving Tentacles. Roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound to this model. On a 5 up, the wound is negated. So, it sort of gets blocked by the Octar Familiar. So he's quite cool. I love the model. I mean, he's just, just super awesome. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be my uh, single figure for South Coast. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful model. Mouse, but I, think, I think I might do that. So because like I, I'm not sure, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to. I don't think you'll, you'll find much place in my army lists. I never seem to have him, um, but I, I do think it'd be a shame not to paint the model because it's amazing. Yeah, I think the. Um... The model's worth getting just to paint it. I mean, he's only 100 points, so it's not too yeah. difficult to squeeze him in, but no. I like him. Then we've got the Archelian Leviadon, which is yeah. the big turtle. There you go. He's movement of 12. He does get slower as he gets hurt. 16 wounds, a 3 plus save, which is nuts. Flies. Um, he's got a harpoon launcher on the back, 3 attacks. Freeze and freeze, yeah. no run damage one. In combat, you've got the crushing jaws. It's one attack. Now, to hit, he gets a two, but it gets worse. Um, 
to wound is a 2. It's rend 2, damage d6. Um, but every time you make a hit roll of 6, um, then you do 6 mortal wounds. So, yeah. just like the terror guys bite. Um, just a lot more reliable. Um, yeah. And then um, he's got 2 inch reach scythed fins. Uh, four attacks, freeze and freeze. Rend one, damage free, which is pretty gnarly. Um, these damage goes down as well, but obviously he's quite hard to hurt. Being a free plus save, probably could have a two up because of his uh, his ability, which I'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, the twin pronged spear, um, which is um, he's got two attacks, freeze and freeze, no rend damage two. And yep. the razor shell harpoons is four attacks, freeze and freeze, no rend, damage one. So, oh, he won't get benefit from the ability, will he? Because he's a behemoth. No. So, yeah. Um, but his ability is void drum. Uh, Idenf deepkin units are treated as being in cover while they're holding within twelve of any leviathans. So that's pretty cool. So that's pretty good. I mean, you can just mystic shield him for a two plus save. I mean, that's sixteen yeah. wounds as well. He's not going to be easy to take down. Um. And you know, in combat, that's pretty pretty gnarly. It's yeah, quite a lot of damage. He, um, yeah, I didn't. Um, when me and Myron were playing, I kind of didn't expect it to do quite as much damage in combat as it did. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's got four damage free attacks and a damage d six, potentially doing six mortal wounds. It's yeah, it's, it's yeah. sort of a similar damage output to a stone horn or a more crusher. You know, it's pretty good. Um, that shoot as well. Yeah, it is three hundred and eighty points, but pretty pretty cheap, I think, for what you get. Yeah. So, how many points is Big Daddy D? Is he four hundred? Four hundred, yeah. Yeah, that's not too bad. It's about it's kind of equivalent. Sixteen wounds makes him pretty tanky, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, so then we have the um, Achillean uh, Morsar Guard. Uh, these are the um, eel guys, right? So they're 14 inch move, 4 wounds, 4 up save. Uh, these guys have got the Vault Spears, 2 inch reach, 2 attacks, freeze and freeze, no run damage 1. Uh, 1 attack from the uh, Fang Morers, Fanged Moor, uh, yeah. which is freeze and freeze, no run, but damage D3. And the tail, 2 inch reach, D3 attacks, freeze and freeze, no run damage 1. So no run on any of these attacks. Um, but um, you can be led by a Prince and Standard Bearer. And a musician, add one to attacks uh, to the prince's vault spear, reroll battleshock test for the unit if it includes standard bearers and reroll charge rolls for the musician. They can fly. Um, now they've got an ability called Biovoltaic Blast. I think I've said that right. Yep. Uh, once per battle at the start of the combat phase, you can say the unit will unleash its blast. I'm not going to try to say it again. Um, if you do, <laughs> roll one dice for each model on a free plus, pick an enemy within three. That unit says one mortal wound. Each six plus the unit has. Um, if you roll a six plus, the unit takes d3 mortal wounds. It's like a once per game mortal wound discharge from their spears, which yeah. is pretty good. Um, and when they charge, they have a rend of two and a damage of two on their spears. Um, so that makes their spears like a lot more reliable. Um, yeah. I think they'd be good. Were they 140 points? Uh, yeah, 140 points. Um, when you think about the amount of attacks that they can put out and how fast they are, um, you know, 
I think that, you know, you're going to see them quite a lot on the table. 100%. I mean, 140 points, that's not, that's like not much more than the unit of liberators, cheaper than unit adjudicators. Definitely think yeah. they'll do a lot more than what they will in the game. You know, they're solid. Do you know, yeah, they're just as fast. Like, you know, potential, what's their potential charge range? 27 inches? Well, I mean, if you're in the, if you're in the run and, run and charge even further than yeah. that, but. Yeah. So, but yeah, still really good. Um, you know, like I said, I, I think uh, it, it helps that they're wicked models too. So, yeah, they're really cool. And then the other, the other Achillean is the Ishlangard. Now, these yeah. guys have got Hell Sabers. So basically, exactly the same. The difference is um, that they have a it's rather than the blast, they've got the barrier. So yeah. uh, ignore rend of attacks against this unit when making save rolls. In addition, when this unit has a save character to three instead of four, if it made a charge move, so um, you know, get, ignoring rend is super good. They get staunch defender, but the opposite. It's even better than that because they yeah. do they they ignore, ignore rend. They, so, but yeah, it's the charge. They get it on the oh, charge. Yeah, yeah. on the charge, they get plus one save. Yeah, so they're really tanky. I mean, when yeah. you want a unit to screen your other units from shooting, they're probably much the perfect choice, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think again you um, the, you're going to see these in armies. Uh, I think you know. You, you, I think maybe there'll be like eel armies out there, totally where you take you know uh, a unit of these guys um, as your battle line, and you have the uh, a couple of a couple of the, the the spear guys going out to do the damage, and then you have the the sword guys sat on your objectives. Um, you know, well, what you could do with the sword guys is go right mystic shield. Run them, run them up, charge them in, in a line, like yeah. sideways, pin a load of units. They've got a two-up save, ignoring rend, they ain't going to die. Uh, yeah. And your opponents go, you're in combat with them, you're just tied up. If you're going to yeah. shoot past them, you can't, you've got to shoot them. Um, yeah. And then it's your go, then you can use all your stuff on the edges to do all the damage. Like you can charge yeah. in all your thralls and all your, your sort of fragile stuff that does damage. Um, without being attacked, so I think these guys are going to be like key to um, sort of most your strategic play in the army. Um, I think yeah. pretty much you'll see a unit in every army. I think they're just that good, um, just super super reliable. To I mean, they're so cheap as well for what they are. Yeah. I think I think you just got uses for both both sets of them now. Oh yeah, I think you need you need the other ones because you need the damage, but th- they don't really have anything in the army that's that tanky. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So having a unit like that that can just go in and just like face tank loads of stuff and just be like, well, you know, you're not going to, you, you're you controlling your opponent by pinning them in combat and saying, you're not moving, you're not really going to hurt what's fighting you, um, you can't get to my juicy stuff, you know? Yeah. So, pretty good. I quite like those. I like those a lot, actually. Yeah. Awesome models too, again. Like the sword guy is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I like the idea of it. It's quite a cool, cool unit. Um, so let me come on the Martis, and these are the Solar Skies. Um, so these are like your infantry. So you've got a well, one wound, five up save. Um, they can have icons, give them one extra attack. Uh, to the icon yeah. bearer. Um, so they've got two attacks with the blades. Uh, with a one inch reach, freeze and freeze minus one damage one. So that's pretty good. Yeah. That's most elite infantry has a profile like that, like you know sword masters and things like that. But mm-hmm. really, where they come in throwing is this sweeping blows ability. 
So you add one to their attacks if they're basically fighting um, anything with a wound of one, so like a horde of infantry. Yeah. And if they're not, then you add one to the damage um, of all the attacks uh, if they're fighting something with four wounds or more. So basically, if you're anything, if you've got two to three wounds, they're pretty much in the sweet spot for fighting these guys because they don't get any buff. Uh, but if they've got a lot of wounds, you get plus one damage, and if they've got one wound, they get plus one attack. So yeah. makes them pretty good at either, you know, sort of on both ends of those spectrum um, for battle line unit. And they are, would you say, 140 points? Did you say? Uh, 140 for the. Uh, I think 140 for uh, the they are, yeah. and a 360 for a unit of 30. Yeah, which I think, so I think it's for me, cheap. Yeah, for, for me, I think I, I'd like uh, you know just being able to have the bodies. I think you uh, looking at lists and stuff. I think it's going to be nice to have a unit of thirty that can actually do some damage, uh, you know, and you know score on your objectives as well as sort of like do some counter punching uh, as well as sort of like your eels, which are low model counts, so they're not going to be able to go. They're like they're going to deal the damage and maybe not score on the objectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah, I think there's definite place for the the, the thras in your list, and like to be honest, like haven't seen the models up close. They're beautiful, like, aren't they? Amazing, yeah. I, I love them. I love the models. I mean, um, Tyler's painted a model up um, that he showed us. I won't talk about the scheme, but um, yeah. it is, he's done a really good job of that. It looks awesome. Yeah. Um, but these guys, they're on thirty-two mil bases, aren't they? They are, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I quite like them. I don't know why. I just I like the look of them. I think they're just really they're really neat. Um, I particularly like the. There's one guy who's got like a massive like two handed axe thing. He looks he looks awesome. Um, yeah, to be fair, like, both sets of infantry. Uh, you know, I really liked it to be honest as well. I think the Reavers look so dynamic when you see them in you know in one place together and stuff. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Just super good. Um, I didn't realise they've actually released two new paints for these guys, haven't they? Yeah, the uh, Iron skin Rack skin and deep skin flesh. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Oh, do you reckon that's a lot like Deneb Stone? It looks very similar. Yeah, because I used to love that thing. I used to love Deneb Stone. I might have to check those out. Yeah. That's cool. Right, um, and then you've got the Namati Reavers. So these guys are an 8-inch move, which is pretty nuts. 5-up save. Uh, Bravery 6 again. Uh, they can have icon bearers, and you can reroll battle shock tests, which is probably a bit more useful. Um, if you've got icon, in addition, add one to attacks of any icon bearers keening blade. So in combat, they've got a combat attacks, two attacks, threes and fours, no random damage. One, that's okay. But really, they, it's their bow is what you care about, which is their whisper bow. Um, so they've got two types of shot. One is an aimed fire, which is an 18-inch range one shot. Fours and fours, no random damage. One. And the other one is a Storm of Fire, which is 9-inch range, 3 attacks, 4s and 4s, um, no rend damage 1. Basically, they get 3 shots at 9 inches. Um, then they can reroll run rolls for the unit, and they have the Fluid Firing style, so um, you can choose which one of those attack profiles to use. But they're pretty cool. Yeah. They're not too bad. Um, I think they're good. How fast they are is really good. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, movement 8 with uh, an 18-inch range, that's 26-inch threat range. Um, and they're not, the shots aren't exactly amazing, but they, they're nice to chip away. Um, they're only 140 points for 10 as well, so... And yeah. also your battle line, if you've uh, got an Ishran hero, is a general. Yeah, 
Yeah, because only the thralls are the actual true battle line in the army. Everything else is battle line yeah. if, which is the Achilleans or the Reavers. So, um, and that's it. That's the end of the scrolls. So, um, yeah, that's all scrolls we talked about. Um, I think what we'll do then is we'll we'll have a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about all the formations and the enclaves. Then we can yeah. talk about some list ideas. Facehammer is sponsored by Element Games. So for great customer service, all the latest Age of Sigmar releases at 20% off, and all your hobby needs, go to www.elementgames.co.uk. To support us directly, click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us. Um, we're back from the break, so um, let's go straight into the enclaves. I guess is that what they're called, enclaves. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. So you've got the. I'm going to mispronounce a lot of these. Yeah. Um, so you've got the iron rack. Yeah. I'll go with that one. So they have the. So these are basically like the skyport type things where you get. You basically like my army is this. Um, yeah. and you have to pick certain things and you get some benefits, so we'll go through it. So the Iron Rack are strong in magic. Uh, add one to cast and unbind rolls for the wizards. It's pretty good if you rely on those spells to go off. Yeah. Um, if you take the Royal Council, you can include up to two Tidecasters and two Soul Squires. Obviously get onto that later. Um, if you have... An, the Iron Arc General must have this command trait, which is Emissary of the Deep Places. Allied units in the Iron Arc army are treated as having the Tides of Death battle trait and therefore use abilities from the Tides of Death table each battle round. Oh, that's good. So that could be potentially um, pretty pretty devastating. Um, so who can the Deepkin ally with? Uh, Sylvanath, Stormcast, Daughters of Cain. So you have Darkling Covers, Daughters yes. of Cain, Eldritch Council, Order Serpentis, Scourge Privateers, Shadow Blades, Stormcast Eternals, Sylvaneth, and Wanderers. Yeah. They're pretty cool. So yeah. I don't know particularly what would be good with that, that you might want to ally in, but. I'm <laughs> running in charge. Um, always fighting first. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> then you have um, Dom Hain. Um, so they're Savage Fighters. In your combat phase, reroll hit rolls of one for Achillean and Namati units that made a charge. So I think that's pretty solid. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, they've got deep questers, uh, reroll failed wound rolls against monsters, um, and then they can. You're not. You don't have to take a certain command trait, which is pretty nice. And if you have the Achillean Corpse Battalion, you can include up to six units of Achillean Guard. Yeah. So pretty cool. Yeah. And you've got the Futan. That's what I took in the um, in the, the game against Martin on the stream. Which one? The Dom the, Han? The, no, the Futan. Oh, okay, right. Cool. Um, so why don't you explain what they do then, if you took these guys? Yeah, so the Futan are, are pretty cool. Um, they've got the abilities which is called Revel in Slaughter, um, which basically you get to re-roll hit rolls of one for Futan 
the units affected by the flood tide ability from the tides of death uh, table. Um, in addition, whenever a Thutan unit would be affected by the ebb tide um, from the tides of death table, which is the retreating charge, instead they are affected by the flood tide. So they've got a rule called Fiercest of Creatures, which is in the combat phase you re-roll wound rolls of one for Thutan mates. Yeah. So um, it's good if you're taking the the obviously the the eels and stuff. So yeah, such so you can always run and charge in the army. Okay, cool. And when when you're doing that, you re-roll hits of one. So that's kind of cool. That's why I liked it. I thought it was really good. It combos nicely with a lot of with like an eel army. I quite like the retreat and charge though, and you lose that, yeah. and it's that could be quite big. Yeah, no, it's again the. Uh, I think it just depends on how how aggressive you want to play and stuff, doesn't it? Like you know, I think um, I know that the retreat and charge is a massive thing, so as well. But having played a lot with uh, the Heraldo over the the past year, and so um, it's something that you're always going to want to keep in the army. But I, at, the, at the time, it was like with what we had available to us on the the Warhammer Twitch um, sort of stream, I just thought it would be quite interesting to do that one. Yeah, sure. Um, and again, in the phalanx, you can take up to six Archelian corpse, which is the formation. Um, and you got the Morphan, which is uh, Soul Magic Adepts. Uh, when Morphan Ishran Soul Renders use the Law Light ability, add three to the number of models that are returned. So that's the guy who heals the brings back the Namati. So D three plus three is really good. Yeah, and it says. A Morphan Namati corpse can include six units of Throws, so it's just a formation. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Morphan Tidecaster's no freezing mist spell instead of a spell from the Lord of the Deeps. Cast on a six, if cast, pick an enemy unit in 12. Uh, to the next hero phase, the unit can only move one inch when it piles in, and any abilities that increase its piling are ignored. So I really like that. I think that's really yeah. subtle, subtly good, um, particularly when you've got guys with quite high reach. Um, yeah, you, know, you can you can actually really stop many attacks coming back at you. I think it's quite a cool ability. Yeah, again, I think the uh, to be fair, one of the things that I noticed straight away is that each of these enclaves, none of them stand out massively as like an auto include, and all of them are usable. Yeah, as it as it should be, really. We yeah. don't really want a repeat of uh, Sylphin, do we? Let's see. Yeah. No. <laughs> Um, then you've got the the North Lar, which yeah. is Comshunit Defenders. A reroll failed hit rolls in the combat phase if the target made a charge move. So if you get charged, you get to reroll to hit against them. Um, and you can have up to two Leviadons in your Archelian Corp formation. We'll get onto that in a bit. Um, so Tidecasters know the Protective Barrier spell instead of a spell from the Lore of the Deeps. Uh, cast value on a four. If cast, pick a Nautily unit within 12 of the caster. And to the next hero phase, worsen the rend of attacks the target unit by one to a minimum of nothing. Really like that. Like, just really? on a four as well. It's like, super good. Um, quite like I quite like to get reroll hits when you get charged as well. It, if you had quite a few of the shield guys, it would be quite useful, I think. Um, then you've got the Bromadar. <laughs> <laughs> Brodar. Um yeah. and they've got Supreme Soul Squires. So if yeah. they use Finder of the Ways, up to three units can join them instead of only two. In addition, you can set up units that join Holy Within eighteen of the Soul Squires instead of Holy Within twelve. 
Um, so that's pretty good. And then they've got um, Bromidar units that cannot normally fly. Um, ignore terrain when they move as if they could fly. It doesn't allow them to ignore enemy models. Uh, yeah. And then you can have up to six units of Reavers in their formation. So Yeah. That's all right. It's pretty cool. And that's all the enclaves. So, you got a favourite, Les? Is it your? I quite like Feudan. Uh, again, I do. I do quite like that. I think with the the idea of taking sort of like a a, a Killian Guard heavy army, um, you know, I think that'd be quite cool. Um, I do think that there is a lot because I, I I quite fancy a Thrall Namati army as well. Mm. Um, so I think maybe taking the, the the enclave where you get to add three back each turn. So like yeah, the more fan, yeah. Yeah, the more fan. I think that's pretty pretty good too. Um, I don't know. I kind of like. I think there's you can use all of them to be honest. Yeah, they're all good. I think it depends what units you want to focus on. Um, yeah. I yeah. I mean, I I I quite like the Dom Hain, which is the reroll hit rolls of one if you charge uh, for Namati and Achilleans, and then um, reroll wound rolls against monsters, and then uh, yeah. So if, and it doesn't restrict your artifact usage. I think like this. So pretty cool um yeah sweet so uh we should probably just talk about the formation shouldn't we before we go and then that's us done and we can talk about some combos and things and what you would lean towards taking um there is actually in the book there is actually a tactics article in the book which i completely missed um which i haven't read it should be probably quite useful um but there you go talks a little bit about the uh the enclaves as well but let you guys read that at your leisure. So um, you have the Royal Council formation, which is an Achillean king, a Tidecaster, and a Soul Squire. So yeah. there is one of the enclaves that lets you add an extra two heroes to that. Um, and the Royal Council is 140 points, so it's pretty cheap. Um, if you've got the point spare, I think that's going to be in your army anyway. Yeah, I mean, the models, you're going to take those models anyway, so it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's just. Gives you a formation. So um, so it says you can use this commander bit in your hero phase if the Archelian King is your general and the Ishran Tidecaster and Soul Squire are within three of the general. So you can pick up to three Idenf Deep King units wholly within 12 of the general, add three to their move. So it allows you to do an alpha strike on the first turn. Um, which is cool. Which I think is pretty sweet. Um, yep. And then you've got the Achelian Corp formation, which is one Leviathan. Two to four units of guard and one to two units of allopexes, which is all the Archelian stuff. Yeah. And you get the ability pulsing rhythm of the drums once per phase. You can reroll one hit, wound, save, run, or charge roll for one unit of the battalion, wholly within twelve of the Leviathan when the roll's made. So I think that's quite good. That's good. It's quite a lot of your army to deploy as well in one drop. Yeah. Um. I think it's only a hundred points. Yeah, and it's nice as well because it, you know if you're going to build your list around the you know the the hero turtle, then um, th- then you might as well because you're going to be taking the Achaean guard. You're going to be maybe maybe taking the Alapex. I don't know. It's like I, I haven't quite found a list with the that includes quite a lot of the Alapexes. It's more just a something that I'd like to have just because the model's awesome. You know, it's only I mean it's only one. You only have to take one to unlock the formation. So yeah, it's a hundred points in an Alapex. You, then you're gonna if you're gonna take Leviathan and Achillean guards anyway, you know you can have up to six units if you take some of the formations. 
Um, yeah. And it allows you to drop your army in one drop, and then it gives you a re-roll. I mean, you know, a unit of guys that get to re-roll one dice on their charge, they're going to do... If you don't make the charge, you do no damage. If you get the charge, you're going to do damage. So it could be quite yeah. big. I suppose as well, for the points of the Alapex, like, really, you're going to... It's, it's a reason... It's got reasonable shooting. Um, it's cheap uh, enough think... that it's not a big... It's not really a bit of a tax, is it? So No, and I think that's one of the things that you, you maybe the, the deep sort of like don't have as much of is that you know the the long range shooting threat outside of the like the alapex and the leviathan because yeah. the reef such short range that you know you have to combo up them coming on from the table edge to shoot heroes um and stuff whereas i think we have a couple of alapexes with their 24 inch range uh three shot bow and the 12 inch move it means that they can you know they, they're the guys that are going to be able to reach out and sh- touch the heroes like hidden away so maybe there is i think there is probably um use for them in, in arms definitely so. they're not really a shooting army though are they they're more about the combat than anything else i think i mean yeah, you, I... you can ally in some shooting but it's sort of like it's a bit like the shooting in my nurgle army it's like it chips away and it's nice to have but it's not it's not what my army's about you know i think the problem i've got is that uh, because i've played such a balanced army for so long which terry can vouch for is that you kind of i feel like it almost feels like i've not got the shooting that i need in there you know because i need like a tiny little bit of shooting just to balance out the combat just ally and some judicators mate be right at home yeah Uh, and they won't better shoot judicators because they won't be the closest unit so that's true Uh, i know actually they wouldn't they wouldn't get that would they because uh it depends if you Put them in that. You can take that one. Oh, yeah. You can take the formation, can't you? So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then you've got the Namati Core, which is a soul render, two to six unit of thralls, two to four units of reavers. Yeah. Um, so this is all the infantries. So if the soul render from this battlefield uses the law light, um, the D3 roll to see how many models are returned, treat as being free. So. Oh, that combo's really nice with the Morathan as well, yeah, then, doesn't it? You just get six back. Yeah, and then I think you can add extra into that formation if you've if you've yes. taken more fan. I'll just double check that. Um, so you can have six units of thralls, so which you can anyway. So it doesn't make much sense. You can include up to six units of Nomati thralls. Okay. Okay, cool. That's actually what you can have anyway, so I'm not quite sure on okay. that one. Um, and the points of this one is... Do, 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 Namati Core, 100. So again, fairly cheap, you know. It's, I think that's, that's pretty... You uh, can drop a big army for 100 points, you know, just one drop. Yeah. And then you've got the Phalanx, which is the super formation, which we won't talk about because it's Cause, not much point. Uh, for match play um, then you've got the Idenf Deepkin Alliance of Wooden Sea um, yeah. I thought they could have called this like Float Some Jetsam or something it would have been cool um, yeah. <laughs> it's um, a Tidecaster uh, two units of guard uh, one unit of thralls, one unit of reavers one unit of alipex, one branch with two dryads, one ancient so it's like a bit of everything um, and you get the strength of the Eversea, silver nephew units from the battalion of the Tides of Death battle trait, and gain abilities from the Tides of Death table. So basically, it's a mixed silver nephew and Idenf army, which seems okay. I'm not, I'm not sure you would take this. 
um, I, it's, it's not, not quite bad, restrictive. It's it's not that bad. I don't think. I don't think it's it's optimal, but you know, it's powerful at the same time. It's one hundred and forty. Well, it's more a narrative thing, is it? Because based around a story, so. Yeah, so, but it's 140 points. Um, I'm not sure how good it would be in match play because of the you haven't got probably haven't got the points to get in like a like a decent character in there, like an idlon or something. You probably run out of points. So I'm not quite sure. I haven't done the math, but yes, there's quite a lot of units you have to take there. It's a tidecaster, two guard, one for all, one reaver, one alipex, one branch with two dryads and an ancient. It's probably close to 2,000 with the formation, I imagine. Um, but that's it that's everything in the book yeah so um, thoughts any ideas where, where um, do you lean in uh, again there's I think there's a couple of lists that I really like uh, that have like sort of sort of like creeped into my mind uh, I've not done the, the actual like the points on fully but you know I think that you know there's, there's a couple of options I think a lot of it is uh, like based around the 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 soul square um and the teleporting so uh two units of 30 reavers you know teleporting on six inches away from the table edge to shoot you know with their three shots because they're nine inches away so they can all be in a line and shoot the enemy which should be quite cool um you know i think that there's going to be uh quite a lot of spammy eel lists uh, out there i think like that'll be the big thing and um, if you like i'm just going to take as many eels as i can bring them off from the table edge and just go big um and then if i get double turned back then i'm in trouble um I, I, for me personally i think like again i'll be working towards a balance list um you know when we're backed up with you know uh, in an ideal world i'd like to take the the Island of Matlan, uh, you know, uh, Voltanus, uh, 30 Thralls, um, some Achillean um, eels, Achillean Guard with the spears, um, and some of the heroes, um, and, and you know, maybe some Reavers and stuff, and just see where the points lie. But um, yeah, for me, I think I'd like more of a, you know, a, a balanced one, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think... For me, if I was playing the army, I would literally. I'm just working this out. Yeah, yeah, I'd do this. Um, Eidolon, aspect of the a storm. Um, one, um, was it Soul Render? One Tidecaster. Um, Voltronus, High King of the Deep. Then I would take um, eight. War scrolls worth of eels, yeah. um, probably um, two with shields and then six with spears. Um, make Voltanus the general. Um, give the uh, cloud ink thing to the dude. Um, then take the enclave where um, you get. What do you get? You get the bonuses to uh, when you charge. I think that's what I would do, just for starters. Uh, and the reason for that is I don't think you... You've got the option to come on from the back of the board, but I don't think you need it. Um, you've got a lot of ways to make your army run and charge. Voltaurus means you get plus one attack on three of the units. So you imagine those 18 eels with Volt Spears going in all with plus one attack on all their profile. It's going to yeah. be disgusting. Um, on the turn that you've got high tide, you, you're fast enough that you can just sit back wait for the turn and then just 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 go for it just pull the trigger 
Um, you can put one unit off the table as well. Um, you can get the plus three to charge, sort of guaranteeing you those those long charges as well. Um, so I'd be leaning around something like that. You've got one wizard just to put Mystic Shield on something. Um, you know, you, your aspect of the storm you could just really use to bully people. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think for me that's where I'm leaning. If you really need to use a ritual, you could set them up in your appointment zone and use the ritual between the two characters with us five. Um, so I'd be plus four because you've got one's a priest, one isn't. Um, but yeah, I think something like that. I mean, I know it's yeah. a little bit one dimensional, but um, you could drop two units of snakes, um, uh, sorry, eel type Achillean guys, um, but that's only 280 points. So what you're going to get with that? You can't get a Leviathan. No. Um, you could get another king. You could go for a second king. Because um, I think they, you know, you could go for like a non name king and Voltornus. Um, and then go for um, the aspect, but I think you just need you need bodies. I mean, you could um, for one forty just take two units of ten um, thralls because just to get bodies on the table. Um, probably go for reavers though for the bows. Um, yeah, and then you've got you know like two two units of ten with bows, um, three units of six eels, Voltarnus, the As- the Eidolon. Um, and two support characters. It's quite a small army, but I don't think you get a lot in a, in a deep kin army. Um, no, I don't think you do. It sounds like it's going to be a pretty small army. So for <clears throat> painting wise, you can go all out because you don't have to paint ninety witch elves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But on, conversely, you could have a big army because you could run like ninety reavers. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to go the full. Soul Squire bringing guys back, running the formation, bringing units on from the edge, just go all infantry. You could do that as well. Yeah, I, I just want turtles. I'm just going to fly <laughs> turtles around. <laughs> I do actually quite like Leviathan. I think it's actually pretty solid for the points. I think it's it's not yeah. too bad. I mean, that's the other list you could do. You could drop one of the heroes and two units of snakes, and that gives you 380, which is enough to stick a Leviathan in. Yeah. So you could go Leviathan. 18 eels, um, what are the Soul Squire um, aspect of the storm, and uh, Voltornis. And that's your, that's your 2,000 points. The storm one's the... Combat one. Combat one. Mm. Yeah, so what I was looking at for a painting project army-wise, and it for it to sort of be okay on the table, was the storm one, two units of six eels, 30... Of the infantry dudes, a turtle, and then just spatter in a couple of characters, um, yeah. and then just some points maybe left over for um, some of the little uh, reaver units, or maybe a shark. Like, just want a bit of everything. I don't think you'd have many points left after the first lot. You'd probably yeah. run out of points before you get to your extra units, because um, you, you know the the turtles three eighty, the eidolons four hundred. If you run in the combat one. So then you go the thirty dudes is three sixty. Yeah. yeah. So then you're already over a thousand. And then you've got two units of six, so they're two eighty each. So that's another yep. six hundred. So you you're right and then your character's a hundred, you're probably at nineteen hundred, two K already. So it's Yeah. You you won't get to add in two units of boats, you know, you'd have to be taking a concession somewhere. Yeah. To do that. So 
I mean, but don't forget, you've got a 400-point character and a 400-point monster in there, so the army's not going to be massive if you take both of those. Yeah, yeah, true. I think from a painting point of view, you'd want the Eidolon and the Turtles, so that's... Um, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. For, for me, I, I mean, I quite like the idea of running that um, combat army and just, just going for the full, full-on... Um, you know, aggro experience. I mean, if you wanted to go a little, I mean, the, the turtle might be a good addition rather than an extra unit of eels, uh, just because it gives you the, um, it just, it just gives you that cover on your army as well. It's like a cover. Does cloud. the, um, does the seahorse guy have to be the general to make the, um, yes. the eels battle line? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. But his command ability is so good. Yeah. You yeah. want so like three, three units on that turn that get plus one attack. Just yeah, it's like it's nuts, um, and he's he's a beat stick, and he's got a three plus save. They've got four up save. You know, it's like it's pretty good. You can run one wizard just to drop Mystic Shield on the shield guys that go in. You want the plus three to charge to guarantee your charges. You've got the option then to come on from the back of the board. Um, you don't have really any shooting, but you don't really need it. The uh, the the Eidolon can still take an artifact, so you just you can take um, that mist. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I think, I think it would be actually a fairly fun army to play with as well because it's quite because it's yeah. combat focused and it's fast. Because you know they're yeah. all fourteen inches. I mean that's not slow. That's that's super quick, uh, especially if you're yeah. running and charging on turn two. It's like, and then you get into turn three. You're all in combat together. You know, on the double turn, maybe you know you you charge them in on the bottom of two. Gets into battle round three. You're in the high tide. You're going to go first for your whole army. I mean, even if they go first in battle round three, it doesn't matter because you're going first. Yeah. Then you just you just delete them, and then in your go charge, then you pop the command ability, and you just completely utterly whale on them. Um, you get cover in the first round anyway. If you're playing someone who can drop from the sky, you can actually take two units of snakes off the table with the soul scar and just say, "Well, I'll put them in reserve then." And then that means you've got a counter-attack force, and the counter-attack force is pretty nasty. It's not going to be something you worry about. And, you know, the Eidolon, you can't be Alpha Strike because you could just go, oh, you've dropped your Kradron on me. Oh, use my Cloud. Can't you hurt me in the shooting phase? Jobs are good. Not just that. Not... He's at the back shooting him anyway, are you? You're shooting something in front of him. No, exactly, because he's not the closest thing. Um, yeah. So Yeah, but couldn't you just put him right at the front? Yeah, you could, and just and then neutralize yeah, their entire shooting phase. You can't phase. shoot him. And then yeah. you just go, well, you can't actually hit anything this turn, so you drop down and yeah. done nothing. So you could do it the opposite. Yeah. You could put him fr- you could put him at the front, they drop, they have to shoot him, and you go, well, your whole shooting phase is gone. It's like, yeah, just put him there and just be like, yeah, go on then. Shoot so, him, tough shit. I think, I think the list has got enough options in it. You don't really need the shooting. Um, if you wanted yeah. to put shooting in, it's just drop one of the units of, of... You've got a few options about taking the Viadon, so you drop the wizard... You drop six yeah. six eels, you put Leviathan in, or you drop the six eels and put two units of ten reavers in. Gives you some bodies, gives you some shooting. They could be thralls. I mean, you don't have to use reavers, but I think you just use the shooting to give you some of that long range ping. Um, yeah, you know, you could even rather than taking the wizard, you could take the um, the law light guy to heal the units. Yeah, and they'd be quite a nice little objective camping force because every turn you're just returning models to the unit. So, you know, you can keep those units a bit like how people used to use like skeletons just to an objective healing models. Um, yeah, uh, you know, so it's not too bad. Um, I like sites now, isn't it? Put the grave sites near the objectives so that you can just put your yeah. 
And don't forget, you've got your uh, you've got your boats as well, so you can use that terrain as to screen your models, um, and you know, you can use that as well to shut down areas of the board. I don't know. I think I think for me, that's where I would lean with the army. I'd definitely go down that route. I think um, Volturnus is so cool. Aspects of the Storm is really cool, and then I like the um, eels as well. And it's not a lot to paint. You're painting what eighteen eels, the Eidolon, yeah, um, or eighteen or twenty four eels, the Eidolon. Um, you know, two characters and Volturnus. It's like it's pretty cool. I, you know, that's to me with an airbrush. That's not a, that's not a big job. You know, no. And I think it'd be quite fun to play, and it'd be fairly competitive. That's just yeah. with a couple options to swap out to mix the list up. Um, so that's where I'd lean with it anyway. Um, there you go. There's a there's a list for people if they want to try it out. But I'd be interested to see what they're going to do to the meta. Any got any thoughts on that, guys? Do you think they're going to? I think they're going to mix things up. Well, if you can shut down the Cradrons coming down turn one with their clown car, then are we going to see less of that now? Don't think so, because these these are going to be popular, aren't they? Let's be honest. Because let's be honest, like it's one combo that you've got to you've got to set you've got to. It's quite hard to set up that that is going to be the only thing that's closer. And in the day, if you take a unit of engine riggers with saws, they'll go in and just kill him in melee. You don't, you, which you don't want happening. Um, yeah. So you go, I'll shut your shooting face down. Then you charge him in melee and you just saw him up. And you go, well, okay, well I've done it anyway. So and you've killed their four hundred point model. You could deploy yeah, far enough I mean, away. He's he's got a two up save, hasn't he? If he stood near the turtle. Well, he's got two up anyway in the first battle round because you get cover in the first yeah. battle round. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But so they are ren two damage d three. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, like, with unless you're popping, unless you're popping your your cloak to stop it, or your, yeah, but your, then you get shot. So yeah, and so you get one or the other, you know. So I mean, to be honest, I don't think you'd have to strike him down anyway in in one go. But I think the army is a nightmare for Kradrons because you just like. In general, just be a nightmare because you're like, well, actually, I can't choose what I want to shoot at, which is about the only place they do damage. Yeah, um, it's very fast, um, and when it gets into combat, it just fights on the high tide. It just all fights. Um, I think I'd like they might struggle a little bit with Nurgle, um, just because I think they can absorb the. They don't care that you fight first. They can probably just take it. I don't think they do enough damage to worrying about it too much. I mean, you've got yeah. some high damage models in the the Eidolon and the Leviathan, but I don't think you'd be. I don't think you'd be that bothered. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. and I think you know we haven't really seen what daughters do as well yet. So I think daughters might be able to. I think daughters might be able to deal with these guys just for the, the amount of bodies that they've got. I think it as depends well. on the list. I think if you've got the knighty witch elf list, I think it's going to be who can get into combat fastest. So like if yeah. you if you've got the daughters cane army and you can get in combat, um, you know before you get high tided. But then daughters are weird because they want to fight later on anyway. I honestly I think the. Um, the, the, you go into that daughter's army, you fight first everything, you just delete everything. I just yeah. it doesn't, and then they don't get to attack you. So, um, and you can even shut down the if you take the the renegade choice of changing their pile into a one, you can actually shut down sister units. So yeah, 
but I think the Temple Nest would be good against it because um, you've got the five up save. You've got that if you roll one to hit, you take a mortal wound. So I think they are actually be quite tough to get through. Um, yeah, Marafi could pin the idol on. Um, don't think she would kill the idol on. I think the idol on would grind her off. Um, but you never know. Um, interesting. It's an interesting army. Um, how would you feel about it with your Stormcast list? Um, I don't think there's enough rend. What in the Deepkin army? In the, the Deepkin army, yeah. yeah. That's the problem. The, the Stormcast list, the, the Star Drake list, just like what? Well, there's a lot of rend too, but realistically, I don't know. Like a unit of yours will go in. I don't think it will kill uh, the Star Drake if a unit of yours go in, um, just because the rend two for the three up rolling ones. Would you not just? It, would you not just charge the Eidolon into the into the Star Drake and pin it? Uh, and then yeah, but what? So the Eidolon's going to be on uh, probably. A, let's just say that Mystic Shield's not off. Yeah, on a three. If it's on a three up save, I think the Star Drake kills it. Unless unless you get lucky. If you, it's like if the Eidolon goes in, it's got a three up save. It's not going to do enough damage because it's only rent two. Um, the Drake goes back. It'll probably if it's on a three up save goes for four up save. I reckon it'll probably get about six wounds through. Uh, if you're lucky, um, if you get the double turn, if the Eidolon gets his turn, it's going to come in and charge again, uh, which could be, you know, it could potentially heal the wings back. But even then, I think it's not going to do enough damage to yeah, the dragon. It's not you about that Eidolon it. having it. an extra attack on his bite and you popping them two sixes and just doing 12 mortal wounds. Like, what what armor save you got then? I thought you meant the Eidolon, not the Leviathan. I thought you were talking about the Leviathan. Well, like, both both the are turtle, good options. Sorry. The turtle's the other way to do it. I mean, yeah, but the thing is, it's not about killing the Star Drake. It's about getting into combat with it and stopping it killing the rest of your army. I mean, yeah, like the, I think I don't think the Star Drake against my experience with the Star Drake against single models doesn't do a lot of damage. If depends, I grind, I grind off. It, he's ranked one. Yeah, yeah, but he grind off Archeon. His tail doesn't work. His bite doesn't work. It's it, as a rule, like I've never found, unless it's a, a tree lord ancient or another star drake, um, I've never really had. And it, it takes longer than you know than you would think. But you know, perhaps it's just the way I play the army. I if I, I if I'm fighting a character that I don't think I'm going to kill, I will make sure the Haraldor is in range to retreat and charge uh, into something else. Oh yeah, I mean when you start talking about like using stuff like formulators to counter charge and. You know, retreat and charge from the herald or stuff like that. It's just a different uh, kettle of fish. But yeah. just so if, like, you, as a rule. if you think about, like, if you, I mean, so, the thing is about that it, it, the stormcast list. It's very well rounded, isn't it? Yeah, it does. It works well on its uh, as a whole. Um, I think, like I said, the Star Trek is not amazing against, uh, you know, anything with like a super good save it's never going to be very good at. But then it's one of those situations where, you know, like I think in Six Nations when I played against the Star Drake, I put Dreicher into the Star Drake um, when, no, I let the, the Star Drake charge Dreicher while she was in a forest. And I was quite confident that Dreicher was going to be okay because, you know, she, by the time, she, it's a three-up save, you know. Yeah, in range of the Tree Lord Ancient or the Colonel Fenders, it gets the reroll ones on the armor save. I was more than confident with a three up rerolling ones, um, you know, because it would do two up rerolling ones. It, it, it just it doesn't play a lot of damage to you, something with a a high armor save. But 
you know, if you sit if you sit there fighting a Star Drake against something with a really good armor save all fucking game, then you're an idiot. Yeah, but I think as well, like the the Eidolon does enough damage yeah. that he can actually and the best thing about it, because he can retreat and charge, he can pin you in, in the turn he, he, for your turn yeah. and then when it's their turn he goes, I want to go and kill something, he could just retreat out and kill something else. Yeah, um, yeah. I just I think I don't know. I think like you know, he's 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 threes and twos, ren two damage three. It's like that's yeah. I know I know you've got a, a decent save, but it's, so to, I always compare it to a stone arm with battle and I don't worry about a stone arm with battle That was like I literally as long as I don't charge you, I don't care. Yeah, because chances are I'm going to be okay, and that's like from. Games and games and games and games and games and games of play. If you need Ren three, or I need to charge. If you Ren, if I charge you and you've got Ren two, then I'm an idiot because you're, I'm going to lose some wounds and probably the Star Drake. Um, Plus, you've got uh, three, the um, the mortal wound Volt spears as well, haven't you? Yeah, like, so like, yeah, it, it all depends on on the setup. You know, I don't know. It's it's basically all come down to gamesmanship. I think I don't think it's an auto win either way. No, I think I think for me, like you, you'd use your your ability to take out the rest of the Stormcast army and almost ignore the Drake. Because it even, like, because most of your army, if you've got the Snake, the Eel army, it's all multi-wound, you know, models anyway. So I don't, I don't think... Yeah, you, yeah I think the the Eels fighting the Star Drake, you'd never do. I think for me, if I was playing the Idenef, if I was the Idenef player playing that Storm, Stormcast list, I'd be using the Eels to... Like I'd, I'd literally just not fight the Star Drake and fight everything else. Yeah. Because the Fulminators are just not going to have enough armor save. You know, it makes them a four up. We run in ones, that's enough to kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, once the Fulminators have gone, the Star Drake doesn't do enough on its own unless you've got a massive infantry unit that it wants to fight. Um, you know, uh, it's. I think as well, like a unit of the Shield um, Achilleans would be pretty solid because you go in and you'd be like, okay, you know what, you, I don't care about your rend. I'm on a free up save, so it's a free up ignoring your rend, and they're four yeah. wounds. So to bite them, you'd have to roll a five plus to, to eat any of them, and you've got six. Yeah. So you could pretty much use them to tank him as well while you go and kill the rest of the army. Yeah, which you know, I think it's fairly solid. I mean, it'd be an interesting game. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how that pans out. Perhaps we can uh, we can play that at one point, and you've got your stuff ready. And see, yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, like I said, I'm not sure. It's one of those ones where it's like, I think it will come down to uh, the better play from the person. Because um, yeah, it doesn't, again, it's no, there's no well, clear... play and luck and, and scenario, yeah. <laughs> like most things. But, I mean, it's competitive is what I'm trying to say. Like, it's not yeah. It's not a pushover. It's not like you go, well, I'm not worried. No, no, of course not. You know, so I think what, what the point I was trying to get across is that it's not like oh okay that's like that's fine I can just deal with it but you've got options to deal with it but you know that Stormcast army's like one of the most versatile armies in Age of Sigmar that you can deal with pretty much anything right yeah so I think the um yeah I don't know I think it'd be interesting to see what they do to the matter I think um in terms of shooting they're gonna they're gonna really impact and I think as well any army that's combat based that isn't resilient is gonna struggle like I think death, uh, destruction, iron jaws, and things like that are just going to be like really out of their, pardon the pun, really out of their depth when facing the deep kin. 
<laughs> because you think about it, like, you know, like Nurgle, you can kind of go, well, I, I'm a combat army, but I've got a too horrible to die save and all the rest of it, and I can do minuses and I can tie up play bearers. But when they get high tide and you know, imagine that with like iron jaws, you'd just be, it, yeah, it'd be horrible, wouldn't it? You just, <laughs> you'd get absolutely battered, especially with all the minus bravery you can put in the army for battle shock. I mean, it's, it'd be pretty I don't, horrible. I don't... I don't think you want to play it if you're an Iron Jaws player, would you? You'd be like a bit. No, you know. I think it'd be a horrible matchup. Um, it's basically yeah. like a, there aren't many order armies that are combat focused. If that makes sense, I mean they probably are, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, uh, what about Fire Slayers? Uh, Fire Slayers are very resilient, so it, it depends on how good they are at making armor saves. I think I don't know. I think they've got the bodies, they've got the resilience. They're not going to put the damage out, but then these guys don't like being hit anyway. So mm. I think Fire Slayers might be a good matchup for it because they don't really care about the shooting um, and stuff. So no, I've, I've, I think Fire Slayers would be tough for Iden F. Yeah, because um, it's just yeah. it's just the sheer amount of bodies. Um, to get through and just there's so many dice coming at you. Um, bone splitters would, I think would be a fairly easy matchup, especially with the shenanigans you yeah. can do with the cunning ruck and stuff, you know? So interesting, interesting army. I think it would do some, some good for the meta. Um, it'd be interesting to see how it, how it shakes things up. Uh, but I definitely think they're competitive, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't think they're, I don't think they're game breaking. I think that, I think that I put them up there with, you know, uh, a good Stormcast list. Uh, I still think the best army in Age of Sigmar is, uh, not the best army, the most current competitive army in Age of Sigmar is each. But I think these are, you know, they're, they're sort of like sitting just below that. I think they're, you know, a wild balance. Uh, you know, they're going to be like, they'll have their bad matchups the same as everyone else. They're, um, but I think that, you know, with good play, you, you can... You know, you can do what you need to do. I don't think they're auto win. I don't think you put them on the table and just ruffle stomp people, do you? No, and thankfully there, there shouldn't be much of that happening <laughs> anyway because that's not good it's for the awesome. game. We got that. We, we sorted that out. Well, hopefully, I'm not going to claim yeah. that though. But you know, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's cool. I mean, models are awesome. Backgrounds cool. Um, the army can be put together fairly quickly um, and be quite fun to play with. Um, yeah. So yeah, looking forward to seeing some armies on the table. Really, see what they do. Cool. Right, cool. Anything you want to add, Terry? Or you? Yeah, I, I just want models. I just want to build these models now. Yeah. Just, I just need these models. I need that big turtle. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, I think bizarrely, one of my favourite models is the boat, and I know that's weird, but um, I think it's cool. Yeah, but it is awesome. I think you could do some really cool things like. Um, doing like a Nurgle Plague Galleon out of it or an undead pirate ship and stuff. I think you could really like use it in so many different ways. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You imagine if you had like, cause it's got, it looks kind of like a wreck. It's like a wreck. You could, you could make it look like a big ghost ship. Couldn't you? Cause it's got like a big lantern on the back. You could change the figurehead, put a big sails on it, you know, have like loads of spirits underneath it, carrying it across. You know, like use the ones off the, um, Mortis engine, yeah. And use like the Mortis engine thrown bit on the back. Um, that'd be really cool. Super versatile kit, right? Yeah, really nice. Um, you, I think you could definitely do some cool conversions with that. I think, um, but it'd be interesting to see. 
uh, what influence that has on the game as well, like having those bits of scenery that you can plop down. Cause it's quite big as well. Yeah. Like, it's not a small piece of terrain. <laughs> so... Not... Yeah. It's weird as well, because quite a few armies now, I mean, like, Nurgle can put stuff down, Sylvaneth can put stuff down, Eidneth can put stuff down. It's kind of like showing a little bit of a trend in it where you kind of bring a little bit of your army to the battlefield. It's quite yeah. cool. I quite like it. I quite like the idea of it. Yeah, so I, I really like it as well. I think it's really cool. But, all right, sweet. Well, I think that about wraps it up. So, hopefully, we covered everything for everyone listening, and um, we'll look forward to seeing some Iden F Deepkin armies out there. If you think you found something really cool in the book or some combo, let us know. We'll be interested to see. Uh, if yeah. not, um, if you're going to collect Iden F, good luck, and hopefully, we'll see him on a podium soon. Cool. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Bye. To make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to Your Face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at facehammer underscore. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.